Disney wiki. Oh my god. Wait, first things first. Alignment good. <laughs> gl glad to know. Why the fuck? Goal to be close to Max succeeded. It, did she though? I don't I don't know. Enemy Wait, 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 I need Enemy's to... principal mazer presumed. Who wrote uh, this wiki? I... Dislikes her father's attitude toward Max cancelled dates lies. Alright, yeah. Oh, wonderful. Appearances. A goofy movie. House of Mouse. Oh yeah, I remember this it. episode actually. I wouldn't even say that Roxanne's alignment is good. She's probably more portrayed as neutral. neutral. Yeah. But I guess I probably only have good and evil. Not wanting to take over the world automatically makes you good in Disney eyes. Welcome to Direct-to-Video. VHS? Andy's not here because for some reason we didn't record an intro the first time around. And because he's not here, I can complain about the fact that there's something going on with his fire alarm, which made a lot of beeps on his side of the recording that I'm fairly sure I edited out completely. But if you hear a random beep, it might be that. It might be that. Anyway, enjoy. I'm just going to go through some history just real quick, right? Mm -hmm. uh, just some basic stuff, because I feel like a lot of people don't realize the fact that Goof Troop was a television show. Yeah, you know, I don't think I've ever seen an episode. I mean, I did know that, but I feel like it's not as popular as DuckTales. Definitely not. Although it is in the same vein as DuckTales, it's about Goofy. It, it's, it, it does what DuckTales, in effect, did, where it's like, here's our, our new generation of, of kid uh, uh, accomplice. Is that a good word? <laughs> Kid accomplice? Is that not the right word I'm looking for? What word am I looking for? Just the, the next generation, right? Like like a sidekick type thing? Yeah. Um. So, although I will say that DuckTales, I think, had more of a kind of like a Indiana Jones adventure vibe. I think Goof Troop was just, just like a father-son romp. Goof Troop was like a sitcom and DuckTales, yeah, was like a, was like an Indiana Jones thing. In fact, if I'm remembering right, I remember reading this forever ago. I think the original DuckTales comics from, like, the 30s, I think Indiana Jones ripped some of those off. That's hilarious. then the DuckTales TV show ripped off Indiana Jones, so it sort of comes full circle. I find it really funny. The new DuckTales seems to be going for more of a kind of a mystery... Let less focused on the treasure and more focused on this the 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 mystery and adventure aspect, mm -hmm. which I think is fun. Although I think that's because in the original Ducktales you had Scrooge McDuck was kind of at his prime, and in the new Ducktales we have like a washed out Scrooge McDuck, like nobody knows who he is anymore. Well, they all know who he is, but it's like he's not Scrooge McDuck anymore. Yeah, he's... he was somebody big ten or twenty years ago. Or something. yeah, he was the man formerly known as Scrooge McDuck, and he's got to get it back. He's got to get his groove back. The premise of the show is uh, of the Goof Troop was just that Goofy has to move back to his hometown with his son Max, and they end up moving next, moving in next to Goofy's old friend Pete, um, and Pete's wife Peg, and their kids. Uh, I forgot Pete had a wife in the show because she's not in either of the movies. She's not. She's a non-entity. 
in in the movies, and I I don't know why. Wild. I I to be fair, Pete is barely in the second movie. Yeah, um, and he's kind of barely in the first one. Yeah, but he is. I actually love Pete in the first one because he's like he's a foil. He's, he's yeah, he like walks in to be a villain and then leaves. And so he, like, kicks off every problem that Goofy and his son have. It's, and we'll get to it, but I find yeah. it very interesting that there is no villain in the first move, first Goofy movie, right? Like, Right, not really. They're not trying to overcome Pete. But yeah, it's about, it's about their relationship and not about winning or beating something. Yeah, there's no, there's no competitive stake, which I think is, oh, I guess we'll talk about it when we get there. Let, uh, so Goof Troop aired uh from let's see here september to december uh 5th 1992 it's a hell of a long time ago and a goofy movie was released did you say september to december september to december 5th that's it uh yeah it had a total of two seasons i assume one for each uh actually how the fuck does that even work yeah i don't know that's december 5th i feel like oh yeah wow Okay, I see. I see here. What the? F- How does this work? I'm trying to figure out because it says here that season one has 65 episodes. It aired from September 5th, That's 1992, not to December 4th, 1992. <laughs> but then season two had 13 episodes, and it aired from September 12th, 1992, to December 5th, 1992. I feel like my dates are messed up here. Something must be wrong. Yeah, this okay. is definitely not correct. That's uh, fine, but there's 70 episodes of Goof Troop, it sounds like. There is a lot of episodes of Goof Troop. And from what I can tell, it was one of those TV shows that definitely had a kind of a family following. The show was kind of a, a just kind of the misadventures of father and son trying to get mm. adjusted to this new life. So a Goofy movie kind of picks up as kind of an epilogue to the show, whereas the show had Max when he was a kid... A Goofy movie has Max when he is a teenager in the full swing of teenagedom. If you want to get into it, we can get into it. Yeah, let's first let's let's really hit it hard with Max's weird ass dream. Yeah, so it's it's kind of a strong style. I thought it was a weird dream when it was just like him in a field and a girl he liked, and then it gets weirder. Weird. And I kind of so love it. It's it's one of the it, it really tells you Max's biggest fear. Which mm-hmm. is being his dad. Which I think I think a lot of teenagers who were close to their fathers as kids and kind of grow apart in that, you know, age of of, you know, trying to do their own thing, try not to be like their dad, because nobody's dad is cool. He has them. a dad who is so distinctly uncool cool. in such measurable ways. That his name is literally Goofy. Like, there is... His name, by the way, I want to stop the podcast right now to talk about this. His name is Goofy, last name Goof. Goofy Goof, yes. Which is garbage. <laughs> I hate it. It... <laughs> How... I mean... I I do I do prefer it to Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. Like his but Mickey name Mouse and Donald Duck Goofy have Dog. had those names since inception. But Goofy, I guess in the I guess in 1992 they decided his last name must be Goof. Actually, I'm sorry. Let me. I'm gonna fill you in because he has oh, had no. a lot of names. So his first name was Dippy Dog. 
which oh. sounds like a fake, like a like it sounds like somebody trying to make fun of rapper names. It sounds like the rapping dog from Invader Zim. <laughs> His next name was George G. Geef, which is worse. That's not better. Goofus D. Dog. Okay. Which is goofy for short. I get it. Uh-huh. Sort of like, sort of like how Scooby Doo's name is Scoobert Doo. Uh huh. So, uh, I think now his name is officially GG Goof. Lord knows what the GG stands for, with Goofy being his nickname. Okay. So everyone just calls him Goofy. Now, see, yes, if his first name is something different. And his last name is Goof, and everybody calls him Goofy. That's fine. The idea of him being named Goofy Goof really rubs me the wrong way. Okay, so it might be that the first G just stands for Goofy. Goofy? Yeah, or Gooford. (laughs) I don't like this. This is terrible. This is bad. This character has been around for uh, almost a century, and I think they still need to really workshop this name situation. He doesn't have a damn name. Yeah, why didn't they just... I'm curious as to why they didn't just go with Goofy Dog. Like, you have Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck. I guess it's because it's not alliterative, and they want it to be alliterative, right? Like... Yeah, but there are probably... I mean, heck, they could have named him Daffy. This was before Daffy. Daffy Dog? No. I Maybe if they really wanted to go... Well, because he started as Dippy Dog. I can... I don't understand why that changed. I hate it though. I understand, but I feel like we hate it now because we because we're maybe used to goofy, right? We wouldn't have hated it in the thirties. Or we wouldn't have hated it if they just stuck to it. This seems like a rabbit hole we could go down that we shouldn't. Well, we're gonna have to talk about the entire aspect of Goofy as a character because this I feel like like you can't make this movie with any of the other of the like of the triumvirate, right? That is Goofy, Mickey, and Donald. You can only do this with Goofy, which is weird to me, and we'll get to that. Goofy's the only one who has really ever been... A father. A father, or or like thought of as a father, or had that, because the other ones get uncled. You know, there are... Does uh, Mickey get uncled? Mickey, in the comics, had a sister who had kids, but I think in the cartoons, they're always, like, orphans. Sorry, But they're, like... They're like little mouse orphans that call him Uncle Mickey in some of the cartoons. Oh, okay. Morty and Ferdy Field Mouse. Yeah, they're in some of the older ones. Um, and... And, uh, apparently Oswald the Lucky Rabbit is Mickey's older half-brother now. Well, you didn't play Disney's Epic Mickey? No, I didn't. I, Ah. I never, I didn't own a, a Wii when that game came out, and by the time I did own a Wii, the time had passed. Uh, the point of that game was that uh, Mickey goes to the like inverse Disneyland where all the uh, forgotten characters live. Oh my god, that sounds dope! Actually, it's pretty fun. I I know it got a lot of like flack, but it's not a bad story and a pretty okay game itself. Um, and he meets Oswald, who is like this little shit. Oh my god, this game was directed by Warren Spector. Who's, who's always messing with him, and uh, it's sort of revealed that Oswald was Mickey before Mickey was, and that was the whole thing. That well, he's yeah. basically his brother. That's cool. I like that. That's some good lore. So Max wakes up after turning into his father and then wakes up screaming. I'm, I'm, I want to talk for a brief second about the fact that he has a Mickey Mouse phone. 
I th- <laughs> this this movie has a couple of moments that really that are super weird because uh, later in the movie, Goofy mentions that he's going to go on a trip with his best friend. And Max immediately says, oh, Donald Duck. Oh, Donald Duck. So if Donald Duck and Goofy are best friends, is Mickey just kind of like, like, what's his role in this? Well, we see Mickey and Donald going hitchhiking, too. Yeah, and they're in the and they're at the concert. And they're at the concert, of course they are, because everybody in that first scene ends up at the concert. The concert, yeah. But I have to assume that the Mickey Mouse phone was like a gift from the actual Mickey Mickey Mouse Mouse at one point. That's that's the because, thing. Because this asshole, if you knew Mickey Mouse in real life, you'd know he'd be giving oh, out merch. Of course. Of course. He he'd be giving people his own merch left and right. And he'd be super humble about it, like right? But, I don't yeah, I don't think he'd be a big jerk about it, but I think eventually all of his friends would own all the stuff with his face on it. And everybody else would be like, I don't feel like I can throw this out. Yeah, exactly. You can't. It'd be like cause cause he'd come around and it'd be Christmas and he'd be like, Oh, what happened to the Mickey Mouse phone I gave you? Oh, it broke and I just I had to toss it, and unfortunately he'd be like, Oh, well now I know what to get you next Christmas and you'd be like, Ah, yeah, exactly. Fuck. Great. Right? So you gotta keep it. You gotta keep it. Um and, like, he, he probably has some really cool stuff. Like, here's a still from, uh, uh, this would be so fucking funny, Andy, if I could think of the name of... Steamboat Willie? Steamboat Willie, thank you, God. <laughs> I could hear you. I could hear you struggling. I could hear your, uh, like, your energy, like, reaching out, trying to find the name of Mickey Mouse's first cartoon. But he gets you, like, a still a steamboat willy, and, like, yeah, that's cool. But Yo, also, maybe you didn't actually want it, but now you have it, and you can't not you have can't it anymore. not have it. Uh, hey, legit, like, no joke, I would, I would kill, like, I would, I would commit crimes to get my hand. I, not even own it, but just to, like, look at it in person, in real life, I, that, that shit is, like, history, man. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe that's not a good example. A Mickey Mouse phone, though, is definitely a good example, because I don't want a Mickey Mouse phone. Yeah, it's such a statement. And also, it doesn't go with anything, right? Like, <laughs> But I, I do want to point out, right, that like it seems to me like Goofy had to leave his, his friendship to focus on his son. So, what I was thinking about is the sort of kayfabe of the Mickey mouse cartoons mm-hmm. where it's like you know the it opens and it's a starring mickey mouse or starring mickey donald and goofy or something mm-hmm. so the kayfabe is that they're like actors yeah right so did goofy have to sort of give up his acting career to focus on his son i think so to focus on his son i i guess well, we're getting to this a lot sooner than i wanted to but mm-hmm. this does beg the question then what happened to max's mom because there are it's no pictures of her in their house. She doesn't exist. It's and, crazy. And so... They had almost a hundred episodes and two movies. And they never address it. Um, oh. I, I just assume that... Because there is a it's photo... Not, in the, there's, a, there's a photo in an, in an extremely goofy movie. It's, it's there for like a second. Of Goofy uh-huh. holding like a swaddled baby Max in his arms... No one else is around him. Not even like a silhouette with a hidden face. There's nothing. Maybe, maybe Goofy produces asexually. Oh, you think maybe he just kind of splits like a cell? 
Yeah, like like Max came <laughs> off as a bud. Gross. It's just like his pinky grew really big one I, day. I, I was thinking that maybe that's what that kind of like little knob in his head was. Oh, cool. <laughs> I hate, I hate this. I would rather I would rather tragedy than than this scenario. Tragedy would be fine if there was like a picture of her or if somebody said or if Goofy said like, you know, it's been hard raising you on your own or something, some reference to the fact that he's a single dad and not that and not nothing. And not nothing. Because that's what it is. It's nothing. And it's it, nothing. it it doesn't it's not like the Bambi movie that we just watched where they needed to talk about it. It's more like it's just so weird that he doesn't have a mom. The, the thing is, right, and I think this is what I think it is. This is what I think it is. Mm. Is that had they brought in a character and said, this is Max's mom, then they are inadvertently saying, Goofy fucked this person. <laughs> and they produced a child. And I just don't think Disney was ready. I don't think anybody's ready for that. You know what? As long as I'll it's a stand mystery. Here and I'll say, I am ready for it. You're ready? I think it's okay that Goofy fucks. I do too. I do too. But this was, you have to remember, this is 1992. This is over 20 years ago. I don't think the world was ready then. So Such a backwards planet. We are we are ten minutes into this, not even ten minutes into this movie. So, but we talked about a lot of the important stuff already. Yeah. So, so I guess now we just have to get through the rest of it. So, we see Max's kind of stereotypical day in high school, and he is he's basically kind of a nobody, and he wants to be somebody. And this is like this is classic like eighties coming of age. Yeah. Yeah. One hundred and one. Yeah. Right. Like we 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 get to see him. By the also, this movie's a musical. And it has musical segments. They are, they are not worth talking about because they are not great, but they're also not bad. But they happen. Yeah, there's okay. So the musical segments are part of what this movie. They're part of what really solidify it to me as a movie of the '90s. Everything in this movie is so '90s. It's almost hilarious. There, there is a moment later in the film where Max is uh, staring at the water. And playing with a stick. And in my head, I was like, oh, there's no way they're going to do the Lion King thing, right? Like, that would be too much. <laughs> that would put that would make this movie too 90s. But sure enough, they fucking did it. They did it. And I was like, wow, this might be the first. Actually, wait, Lion King came out in 1994. Yeah, but I, did this movie come out in 1992 or is that the show? Okay, this movie came out in 1995. Oof. All right, we're good. Sense. I was going to say, wait a minute. But no, we're good. So yeah, so this movie, I think this movie might be the first movie to have done that homage. To rip off The Lion King? To rip off, this might be the first Disney movie to rip off The Lion King's looking into the, because every other Disney sequel does it. Max runs into, I want to say Roxanne. Yes. And he is like really nervous and he thinks he's a spaz because he couldn't think of anything to say, but he also fucking runs. So, so that's the thing, right? Is which is where I would say he went wrong. I again, yeah, like it's it's okay. because you can be endearing if you're like babbling to a girl, but she's gonna get some ideas about what you think of her if you fucking ball. Well, no, because he she's pulls... gonna be like, oh, I guess he hates me. No, so here's the thing, right? Is he he lets out a yuck, 
and uh, immediately his reaction is to like cover his mouth like he said something indecent and mm. basically pull like a phantom of the opera like don't look at me i'm a hideous and just runs away so i feel like if i was roxanne in that situation my thought wouldn't be oh he hates me my thought would be man that kid's going through some shit that's not better necessarily. Definitely not. It definitely If you're trying to start a romantic connection with somebody. Yeah, it's definitely like they're starting off on the wrong foot and there's running away from somebody uh without saying a goddamn word. But it's okay because Max has a plan that will not only endear him to Roxanne but also make him the coolest kid in town. And this plan is the craziest goddamn it's it's like a crazy end of the year stunt but also there are a couple things i want to talk about with it which is one max is not a senior he has to go back to this school next year. next year right <laughs> and two it fucking works everybody thinks he's the fucking coolest after this that's stunt. that's the thing right is is i thought because i haven't seen this movie in a long time i was thinking oh so the rest of this movie is going to be how am I going to get Roxanne to like me? But no, he fucking accomplishes that before we even get to anything. Because that's not what this movie's about. Yeah. This movie's not about romance. So we need to get it out of the way. The, this is the, the romance is the inciting incident. It's the thing that gets Max to act out. Romance is kind of the MacGuffin of this movie. Where it's a thing he's chasing after, but it's not the focus. Yeah, it's the inciting incident, right? It's the thing that gets him to do what he does throughout the entire film. Mm -hmm. um, and I find that really cool that this movie is willing to focus in on uh, something that we'll talk about in the next movie. That this movie is willing to focus in on what's important to its story, which mm. isn't Roxanne. It's Max's relationship with his father. They're both at this time in their lives where they don't really understand each other. And neither of them knows how to make that compromise that I think everybody has to make with their parents at some point in their life where you kind of go 50% of the way, but it's only enough to say, also, I'm going to become my own person after this, by the way. They haven't gotten there yet. Do you want to talk about this end of the year prank he pulls? This, so, so Max's plan is he's teaming up with uh, his buddy PJ and his buddy Robert Bobby Zimruski. PJ is... Pete's son. son. Yeah. Which is important. And a character from the show as well. Robert, I don't fucking know anything about Robert. He likes cheese. He likes cheese and he's got the worst haircut in the history of mankind. <laughs> like, it is really bad. I have a friend in real life who has that haircut. Wow, called out. All uh, right. Yeah, and, and they know who they are and they're gonna listen to this episode and I'm gonna get a text about it, but it's okay. The truth will, will out eventually. Why not now? So they hijack the auditorium stage in the middle of the principal's end of the year speech. So yeah, the principal is Wallace Shawn. As soon as the principal started speaking, I was like, that's that fucking guy from uh from that movie that tony likes whose name is escaping me right now for no other reason than to the make princess me bride like an idiot. the princess bride thank you god oh. okay yeah anyway yeah it's him so i i was immediately like oh that's cool that's a that's a cool get um i think he's probably every voice actor in this movie is like is a voice actor like that's their job because they're mostly playing disney characters right um, so there's no, there's no, like, celebrity get in this movie, I don't think. Which is interesting, because this movie was released in theaters. I guess, I, I'm assuming that, yeah, if I was kind of a slow year after all the other shit that Disney had just done around that time. Mm -hmm. Well, and this was a spring release, right? I think in the 90s, the time for blockbusters was, like, kind of midsummer, near the end of summer. 
but this movie was a spring release so i i think they kind of knew that this movie was kind of just going to be its own thing and it did and it was successful uh it had a box office of 35.3 million so it did well i don't think this movie had a budget of over 15 million so so max max hijacks the the um the stage the stage drops the principal down a pit which bold move frankly that's yeah that's um attempted murder right there dresses up as um powerline powerline who is i guess the biggest pop star that year yeah and performs or lip syncs his biggest song and uh does like a bunch of cool stunts and again everybody is into it literally everybody to they're all here for it. nah man if i if i saw this happen at any point in my high school like experience i would be so down because a i think i would too but like i expected that when it stopped everybody were like oh it's the it's the nerd it's, kid it's or the whatever. nerd kid and but and, they weren't everybody decided they liked him then and then for some reason this is what really annoyed me max gets caught which of course he fucking would <laughs> Yeah, there's no way this plan would have ended well in any capacity. Right. So he gets caught, and the prince and the principal like drags him down to his office. And yeah, I get it, one hundred percent. Absolutely, that happens. I thought that was a given, but Max acts like that's so terrible when the entire school loves him for it. I thought this was the plan. Well, so so that's the thing, right? Is I think the plan was to leave it a mystery, mm. right? So that, you know, it, it was the, it's the Batman thing. He wanted to be able to do the Batman thing. Like, hey, do you want to, you want to know my secret identity? I'm the kid who did the crazy thing. Because the thing is, is at the end, when they find out that it was Max, that thing he did where he points out Roxanne in specific, that's on him now. He mm. can't deny it. So he's in the state of like, ah, I done goofed it. No pun intended. Fucking liar. And, uh, well, what else was I going to say? <laughs> You're right, there are only 30 words in the English language. Listen, man. <laughs> so, uh, while PJ and uh, Robbie, Bobby? Bobby are being uh, chewed out by the principal, Max gets a, gets a serendipitous encounter with Roxanne. She basically asks him out, is basically how it ends up. Look, Max is never going to get over his crazy amount of nerves. Yeah, she basically takes the lead at that point. Yeah. And so they're gonna they're gonna watch the Powerline concert together at what's her face's house. Yeah, I do want to say that I wasn't cool in high school, right? Sure. I was never invited to any parties. Uh huh. Had anybody told me, "Hey, man, we're gonna go watch a live concert on TV at this person's house." That sounds boring as hell. It does, doesn't it? That okay. sounds like the lamest time. <laughs> like unless uh. they're planning to spend. The rest of the time doing other things? I assume the point is to, like, get drunk or something, right? Right, that's... But no, because you see later in the movie that this person's house is filled to the brim with teenagers, and all they're doing is watching this concert on TV. My only thought is that it must be on pay-per-view or something, and nobody else wants to spend the five bucks. Yeah, like, this is a person who has HBO already, so we might as well go watch it at their house. But it's like, but everybody's acting like it's this big party, but it's like, there's no party. It's just the concert. And that's like, maybe two hours? I don't know, man. It just seems like such a lame time. Like, I I wouldn't want to go to that. Turning on the TV is sort of what you do 
when you're winding down on a party, I feel like. You know, like a couple people have gone home and you're like, you know, the conversation's not really going anywhere. Let's just have something on. Yeah, like we'll have something on while we, you know, clean up and it's just you and like your three friends that helped you organize the party. Right, or something. You know what? It's a weird party. It is. It's not a good party. But, but Max is invited to it. He's by invited to Mike, it, and that's so. all that matters. He got his in. He's not Dorcas Numero Uno anymore. But, unbeknownst to Max, uh, Principal Mazer has called his dad. Can we cut over to what Goofy is doing, by the way? Because he has a job nobody has anymore. And I love it. It's a, kind of the perfect job for him. It's a job that he. It's a job that I'm really sad he loses. Um, yeah. Yeah, I'm really depressed about his job in the next his movie. His job in the next movie is raw man it sucks and i'm okay that he gets fired there yeah no same but yeah his job in this he's a he's a photographer right like he's a baby photographer yeah he's like a he like works at like a sears back when sears did this back when sears existed by the way because sears doesn't exist anymore oh there are a couple around here oh man this is so lawnmowers i guess but uh, we get some lawnmowers out here what the hell do they sell at sears uh they sell just uh home appliances and all right probably got fridges. yeah that's it that's it yeah fridges uh toolboxes but back when sears was like the place you went to for a bunch of shit for everything one of the things you went to it for was to get professional or semi-professional pictures taken yeah like your family babies children yeah. school photos stuff like that yeah and um, goofy is good at getting the little kids to smile it's great it's i like it I like the idea that Goofy is good with children, and that's why he's not good with a teenager, right? Yeah, yeah, it really sets up his character, and it's a characterization of Goofy that I can really buy. I really like it. And that's the thing, right, is we all know, like, Donald is not good with kids. Right, well, Donald's not good with anybody. Anybody. He, but he definitely wouldn't have, like, the patience for kids, right? Yeah. Because he's Donald. Yeah. And he gets mad whenever anything happens. I don't think either Donald or Daisy Duck have room for children in their lives. They both seem like, uh, kind of like Fitzgeralds in that way, you know? I've never heard Donald Duck and Daisy compared to the Fitzgeralds. Well, they're both I, so obsessed with the- I get they're, it. They're not, because yeah. again, because they're not obsessed with each other. They're obsessed with themselves. Uh, with themselves, yeah. And Mickey and Minnie are just, like, they're too big. They're Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, who are also not together anymore. Mickey likes children like Santa Claus likes children. Yeah, it's his job. Yeah. But, like, once he comes home and puts his slaves away, it's like, you know, it's time for him to do his own thing. (laughs) Yep. Sorry, employees. You said Santa Claus. I did say Santa Claus. I mean, sure, slaves, whatever, can we... (laughs) <laughs> so so goofy gets a call from the principal and oh also one more thing pete is goofy's boss oh yeah pete well i wouldn't say he's his boss definitely his co-worker yeah i don't i don't know it felt like i don't know maybe that's just maybe it's just the energy pete brings De- pete definitely it, gives off boss energy it feels like he's uh he's like the manager or assistant manager of the store or something. But then he just then he just like does Goofy's job to prove he can do it. So who knows? So here's the thing is in I think in the original show, Pete is a used car salesman, which is choice. Um <laughs> that works. Right? I love it. Here it seems to me like him and Goofy have the same job because the whole their whole relationship in the show is that Pete 
wants to do what Goofy does but better. Pete is convinced that his way of doing things is always superior to Goofy's way of doing things. Like, he he's literally the anti-Goof. And I think this movie still has that relationship between them. But, like we oh, said definitely. before, he's not a villain per se. He's just an antithesis. He's a foil. He is, mm-hmm. uh... There has to be an appropriate Shakespeare character for what this is. I don't know. What happens in Othello? I was thinking Othello too, but he's definitely not an Iago. Then I don't know what to tell you, man. Goofy gets a phone call from the principal. I have started this sentence five times, Tony. Sorry. Can I finish it this fifth time? I don't feel like it's entirely my fault. I don't think it's entirely your fault either, but I'm just letting you know, man. Like, <laughs> Yeah, let's... I really feel Let's like get um, into the inciting action. This yeah, because the movie, movie starts maybe. after this sentence, Tony. The movie gets to start. <laughs> so basically, tells Goofy that his son is a fucking. He's a fucking criminal. He is going down the criminal path in life. There is no hope for him, and he's going to end up in the electric chair. Which, by the way, is some real fucked up shit to a say at all, and b would definitely get him fired uh this guy this guy has no business being an educator uh, no are you fucking serious like he he's literally telling this man that his son is destined for capital punishment like that is messed up like i would tell that man to fuck off right like hey like my kid might have problems but you don't get to say that shit I guess I guess my biggest problem with Goofy here is how much he just, like, trusts the bullshit this guy just spewed. You know, sometimes parents listen to the teachers, and sometimes they should. Mm-hmm. But also, parents are kind of supposed to be on your side. Yeah, that's so, like, the thing. If, if a teacher or a principal's, like, screaming at them, and they get you home, they're like, I just had a very intense conversation. What happened? Yeah. And you say... Well, I did this thing where I dressed up as Powerline from Powerline, and... (laughs) (laughs) You know Powerline? You know, I was watching it this morning. Whatever. I I was on the stage, and I I was singing. I have a large life-size cardboard cutout of him in my room. That man? That Powerline? I did, like, cool swings and stuff, and I flirted super hard with this girl. By the way, have a date. And I did throw my principal down a hole when I did it. The, the hole was meant for people to fall down. Like, it that's was, the point it was of that already point. there. It was built in. So obviously it was perfectly safe. So like grounded for a week would I think be reasonable here. In mm. fact, actually the, the quote unquote punishment that Goofy comes up with is not terrible. I And I get it, you know, but I wish he'd talk to Max for two well, seconds. Well, so that's the thing, right? <laughs> is that Goofy, Goofy's, I guess tragic flaw is that he immediately jumps to it to to a solution without trying Mm -hmm. to figure out what the problem is and his solution is going on a road trip so that he can connect with his son the way that his dad connected to him as a kid which is a dope idea i think it's a good idea and i think even if he had the conversation with max he still might come to this conclusion that like maybe shit like this wouldn't happen if they were more open with each other and could talk to each other but the fact that he doesn't try to talk to him really irks me. It is infuriating. Like, you don't... Like, as a son, it's infuriating? Yeah, as a son, it's infuriating. I've had multiple times in my life where I've had to go somewhere with my dad, and I've hated it every fucking time. Even when I have fun, as soon as... Like, right, if we get there and I have fun, as soon as I'm back in the car going home, I'm still mad about it. Because <laughs> I didn't... I still didn't want to do it. 
The point, the point isn't the end. The point is, the point is the journey, and it's a journey I didn't want to have that day. Right? Yes, I get what you're saying. I have also had this experience. It is petulant, but you're a kid, right? Like that's, of course, you're, of course, you're, like that's what kids are. You get to be petulant. You get to be petulant. Goofy is all in on going to on a fishing trip to Lake Destiny, Idaho. Side note. I find it really weird that they talk about actual states. Interesting. Because in the fiction of the movie, Los Angeles is a real place that they're going to. Mm-hmm. Which means that in the fiction of the film, all of us are anthropomorphized animals. Which means in real mm. life, there is a human Mickey Mouse and a human Donald Duck and a human Goofer Goof. Interesting. And I'm sure I will read some good fan fiction on this. I think it's a 90s thing. I don't think you could do that today. I think if you were going to make a, a Mickey Mouse movie of some kind today... You have to, you have to like a uh, right. You'd have to come up with like a a metropolis or a I don't know I don't Star know because, City USA because the gosh you've never seen the Muppet movie have you? I've seen the new one, not the new one. The point is not the new one. Okay. In the first Muppet movie, the plot is that they're going to go to L.A. to try to become stars, and it's supposed to be the story of how the Muppets became stars. So, like in the kayfabe, I don't know. I kind of get it. Because if if Goofy is a sort of a retired actor mm-hmm. who moved out to the Midwest, ba- moved back to the Midwest with his son, then I I don't know I, I I understand I get where it's coming from. If we if we have established that this is the same Goofy that's in the old cartoons, mm-hmm. then the reason he's in the old cartoons is because that was his, his job. job. At the time. Okay, I see what you mean. I see what you're putting down. I just don't know. I just, every time they said Los Angeles, like, a little part of me was like, oh, this is still weird. I'm still, mm. like, the whole movie, I, every time they said Los Angeles, I was like, man, this is weird. It's sort of like the Marvel or DC conversation. Like, do you have Gotham or do you just have New York? Yeah. I guess once you make the decision, you might as well stick to it. Goofy basically kidnaps his son. It's not kidnapping if it's your own son. No, that's the rule. Um. <laughs> um well okay sometimes it is but i sometimes feel like it, it is i feel like in this case it's not no but he does basically like drag him on this trip without telling him anything about it because he says he doesn't want him to get the chair or something and max is like what and then he just starts driving i love max's reaction here because he's like what the what does that even mean? What do I do with this information? Max manages to at least get his dad to drop him off at Roxanne so he can explain that he won't be able to make it to the party. And <laughs> and Roxanne's so disappointed and she thinks that Max doesn't like her. And, and she thinks that Max, the person who ran away from her screaming once, just isn't all that into her, which I understand. And here's the thing, Max comes up with a lie that is so hard to follow through on and so easy to disprove. He, there is committing a faux pas, and there is intentionally walking to the top of the creek and jumping in without a power. I want to ask you a quick thing, you know, as a love guru. <laughs> yes, sorry, <laughs> give me a second, let me get my certified love guru license and just... Have it next to me to remind me of my place. Continue. Let's say you were in this situation. You had to cancel this date for reasons out of your control. And you wouldn't be back for, it sounds like, a few weeks at least. Yeah. What exactly do you say? Because the best thing I could come up with is, 
let me make it up to you when I get back, and th- and then propose a different date at a later time. I think, yeah, that the, the best choice would be to just say, listen, I still want to do the date, but also I am a child, so I do not have agency <laughs> over my own life sometimes. So how about when I get back, we do something really special? Yeah, I think that was, I think that would have been, something like that would be the right thing to say. Right. But Max says. Max, well, so here's the thing, right, is at for, Max is, Max is, I think, willing to, to do damage control coming uh when he gets back the reason he goes off the deep end is because roxanne mentions going with someone else and my my reaction to her saying that is well yeah she's just gonna go with her friend like she was going to originally right also as we've established it doesn't seem like that romantic an activity to be doing yeah it's great i don't yeah nothing says romance like sitting in a room filled with teenagers and watching a concert on a small television at 240p this was the mid 90s you get to see all 12 frames i would say in crisp detail but no there was some static it's okay just hit the tv get that clear image yeah i just gotta mess with the bunny ears i feel really bad with the kid who was stuck on bunny ear duty because there is a kid who's stuck on the side of the tv and his job is to just mess with those bunny ears the moment signal starts to crap out been there man right oh it's the worst it actually got worse in, in my house when they switched to digital signals because we didn't have cable because digital signals you can't get like kind of a thing you either have it or you, or you don't. don't yeah it, it drops out so much harder yeah although i guess it's to me it's better because it's like it's an instantaneous as soon as you lose signal it's like well i guess i'm doing something else now there's no 30 minutes of trying to get it back it's just all right fuck it I'm reading a book. But Max tells her that he's going to be on stage at the Powerline concert. He, man. And the thing is, is this lie goes from zero to 60 so quick. Because first, they're going to the concert. Then his dad knows Powerline. Then they're going to be up on stage with Powerline. And then he's going to personally wave to her. It's like, dude. <laughs> like, you have set up a, a literal five-step plan to getting your whole ass set out to dry. I love this plan because it makes zero sense, and it's the point of the entire movie. And we're going to talk later about how this plan continues to make zero sense, sense throughout all the movie. I love it. Goofy and Max go on this road trip, and Max is, like, just... Max is ba- ba- Max has resigned himself. He's like, there's no way this is going to happen. I'm fucked. Yeah. She's going to hate me forever because I lied to her. I'm just going to be mad because that's all I know how to do right now is just be mad about it. Yeah, and Goofy sings On the Open Road, which uh-huh. is a um, probably the best song in the uh, no in the movie. I think so. No, dude, that song by Powerline is legit a bop, man. You think? I, I love think it's it. too poppy. Nah, dude, it's my shit, man. Like, okay, that level of just raw, like we're just making this for mass appeal. <laughs> no no like no trying we're not trying to hide this behind any level of doing it for the art we're doing this for the appeal man i'm about it i love it when it, and it, something is unshamedly pop like that but i just want to mention on the open road we see all these characters that are going to end up at the concert but more importantly max is extremely flippant about seeing the dead come back to life <laughs> uh, i mean I haven't watched the Goof Troop. I assume there was a Halloween special. I assume he's seen it before, man. The kids go up in the treehouse and start telling stories. Homer is Poe and the Raven. What are you talking about? That's making a a treehouse a horror joke, dude. I've never watched The Simpsons. You've never watched an episode of The Simpsons? 
Ah. I think I had to watch the Raven one in, like, an English class. Wow, what a cool English class, actually. Well, because it's it's actually the entirety of the Raven, just done with Bart as the Raven and Homer as the narrator. I get that. No, it's, uh, it's, it's fun. It's a good, it's a nice little thing. I, I don't think I've ever actually sat down and watched an episode of The Simpsons. I wasn't allowed to watch The Simpsons as a kid. Oh, well, me neither, but that's why it was so cool that well, I did it. So, so the thing is, is instead of what I, what I ended up watching instead was uh, Futurama. Oh, you mean the same the Sim- show? The, yeah, The Simpsons, but in space. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, and better written, in my opinion. But I guess I can't have an opinion on that, because I watched one you, and not I, the other. I was going to say, I don't but, think you're allowed to have that opinion. So they go to a, a an opossum-based theme park? Yeah, they do. And man, I wouldn't want to be on this road trip either. So this theme park is basically like if Chuck E. Cheese was also a carnival, and all the horrifying things that that implies... Yeah, and opossums are, I mean, fuck, Chuck E. Cheese is a rat, so that's not great, but opossums are, like, bigger, nastier rats. They are horrifying little beasts, man. They just don't look friendly. No part of the opossum says, be my friend. Nah, they have these, they they have shiny red eyes, and they have these big mouths with a lot of sharp teeth in them. And they're they're always kind of holding their mouths open, like, look at the teeth, man. And they can die instantly and come back to, to life. life. Yeah, again, not a it's just not a basis for a good child friendly entertainment venue. This to me is kind of the the height of tension in the movie where where Max just openly says, No part of this was at all my idea. Like you're dragging me along for for some inane reason, and I don't want any part of it. I don't want any part of you or this trip. So just I think what he says is call me when it's over, which is like a real harsh thing to say to your dad. And so at this point, Goofy's like, obviously, I just need to keep trucking. Like, we'll connect eventually. They end up at a lake and they're setting up a camp when they're quite literally almost murdered by Pete (laughs) um, and his massive RV. In like the oldest joke ever, Pete is like glamping. Yeah. Uh, he's, he's coming out in this huge RV with all the fixings, and of course, Goofy's out here with a little tent. It's one of the things that keeps happening in cartoons. So here's the thing, right, is this movie came out in the, in the mid-90s, so we're, we're kind of past the heyday of road trip movies, I think, which were very popular in the 80s, up until the early 90s. But, like, road trip movies today still make that joke, right? Like, you have the family that's trying to, like, uh, the suburban family trying to do the wilderness thing, and then the rival family that doesn't care, they're spending all this money to have this luxurious home-on-the-road staycation. I want to talk about what makes Pete kind of a villain and really interesting, is he's he's just like an obnoxious neighbor. Mm -hmm. But he's the catalyst for every fight between Goofy and Max. For instance... The reason Goofy reacted so strongly to the this news about Max, uh, along with the fact that Wallace Shawn really poured it on, is that Pete had just said that he was being too soft on him, and the reason that he wasn't getting along with Max was that Goofy had a really, like, light touch as a father. And here, as the same thing when Goofy says, you know, I went on this trip, and me and Max still aren't connecting, and... Pete says, you you know, you gotta have a firm grip on him. But what's interesting is that even though that also kind of leads into the next fight between Goofy and Max, we can also see that Goofy doesn't 100% agree 
because he does not like the way Pete treats his kid. Well, so so that's the thing is I I have had friends who have had that relationship with their parents, right? Mm. Like with what their parents says goes, kind of that military family dynamic. Sure. I've had friends who've lived that life. And it's so so to me, it, it's kind of this diametrically opposed methods of parenting right the i need to be in charge of every aspect of my son's life in order to ensure that he will be successful versus i just want him to have a good life and i can trust that he will make the right choices because i have taught him how to make those right choices right going back to the show a little bit like again the show's whole kind of onus for pete's character is everything that goofy stands for i am against and Mm -hmm. we see glimpses of it in this movie where he almost is intentionally prodding Goofy's way of life. Like, look at how I do it and how effective and good I am at being a dad and you're and how you're not right now. But at the same time, every time Goofy tries to follow his advice, it's definitely not working. This next scene is one of those scenes that I remember because it was on... Anytime I popped a VHS in and there was a trailer for the Goofy movie, this scene is there. That's funny because I've seen this movie before. And I did not know that the scene was in it. Yeah, man. this <laughs> Because I, the scene is insane. Dude, so so Goofy takes a, a page out of Pete's book and basically orders back that they're going fishing and they accidentally catch Bigfoot. Oh, wait, sorry. Goofy goes over uh, the perfect... The perfect cast, right. This was one of those moments where I, as an educated movie viewer, was like, ah, this, this, this is a, this is coming back. This is coming back. This is the Chekhov's gun. I found it. This gun is going to shoot somebody later in the movie. I love that. I love that even a movie like this still has to have a Chekhov's gun moment. I mean, it's just good writing. It is. It is. And it comes back. It comes back twice. twice and the yeah. first time I was like, dope. The second time I was absolutely fucking ridiculous. I, I loved that. I thought it was hilarious. It's such it a good, so good moment. They catch Bigfoot, and they're basically held hostage by Bigfoot. Bigfoot seems to be at human-level intelligence and cruel. He understands what it means to cause pain, and he mm-hmm. also understands that that gives him pleasure. I thought it was really interesting because they got a picture of him, and I, and I thought, huh, even Max, who's like... Who isn't happy about the trip must be kind of excited about that. And then Max got excited about it, and then Bigfoot destroyed their camera. Yeah. Like, oh. Uh, which of course he I which of course he was. Like you can't yeah. you can only bring Bigfoot into your movie if Bigfoot leaves and there's still no evidence of his existence. Yeah. I love it. Goofy and Max have a little bit of a connection when they make soup and they kind of reminisce of uh, when he was a kid and he would spell out things in the soup. And, and I'm not going to lie, like that moment fucking like got to me. It's a cute moment. I liked it. It's a very cute moment. Tears were shed. I frankly don't think Bigfoot should have been in this movie. It really made that moment a lot weirder. It definitely <laughs> but, did. Um, although, But I liked it. I, I guess I also don't know... How else you would get them in the situation of, we're trapped and all we have is this soup. You could have them um, trapped in a snowbank or someone, uh, somewhere. I know it's summer. It, that wouldn't be hard to pull off, but that's like my best thing off the top of my head. It, it definitely, to me, feels like they had this scene in their minds and they were like, all right, <laughs> how are we going to get them in this place? Bigfoot. Bigfoot. Obviously. All right. High five, everybody. Let's go home for today and not think about this decision any further. Which, fine. Sure. Why not? It's a kid's movie. After that little moment between them, the map pops out of the glove compartment and Max 
decides to change it. Max hears the call and is bathed in glowing red red glove compartment light. And so he changes the map. And do you know what I hate about this scene? The fact that in the next scene, Goofy's like, here, why don't you just take the map? I get that it's supposed to play on, like, Max's conscience, but also, I didn't need to see him changing the map if I was just going to be told that he was in charge of the map. No, but that's the thing, right, is I do think, I do think it's effective, right, because he, he has made this choice to try and trick his father, and as soon as he does it, he's like, well, there's, there's no way this is going to work. Here's the very important thing about this. The very important thing. What conceivably is part two of this plan? What do you do once you get to LA? So that's the thing, right? Is Max is kind of, he he set up a five-step plan. And he just has to go through it step by step, right? He can't focus, he can't worry about what to right, do he can, once he gets he can to never LA. Get on he's stage not there if he doesn't yet. get to LA. Exactly. Right. He, he's got to tackle this one bullet point at a time, which, smart. Do you know what actually pisses me off about it is I, when this happened, I thought, damn, what's part two of this plan? What does he do after he gets into L.A.? And the answer is we never find out. We never find out. But that's I, that's OK, I think. I, I do <laughs> wish I do wish the movie had a little bit more time at the end to go through all five steps a bit more cleanly. To do like a like a five minute heist movie at the end. Yeah, just a little just a little something more solid than the montage. Mm. But it's fine. It's just, I think it would have been enough to push this movie over the edge from good to great. Because this movie is so close to being really, really fucking great. So Goofy gives Max... Full responsibility. Full, yeah, he gives him full control over the stops and how they get to Lake, uh, Lake Destiny. This leads into this really good montage scene where, like, yeah, Max doesn't want to stop at these shitty rest stops. So he has them stopping at places that he'd be interested in, you know? Th- this is, to me, like good parenting it's like all right obviously the shit that i did with my dad isn't gonna fly so let's Uh let's do shit that he wants to do with me i like that you know max does the like they're on a roller coaster and he realizes that his dad does not want to be on a roller coaster so then like the next thing is is like a touristy gimmicky thing because he's not only thinking about himself yeah there there's compromise there also, there's a mime bit. And that mime bit is the best joke in the whole movie because it caught me by surprise. Um, I was totally not expecting that uh, that joke to land as heavy as it did. No pun intended. It really struck a chord with me is all I'm saying. Okay. <laughs> um, but that's the thing, right, is the whole time they're both having this great time. Max is still deceiving his dad. And it's it's kind of eating away at him a little bit but the guilt is never isn't enough to to make him think he's in the wrong yet right like he's he's committed i think to to this act of of evil i guess here's the thing though and i guess i mean i I, we really get to it later anyway but i just want to mention this is that max has been picking detours he could pitch la as a detour I, I know that it's out of the way, the way, but they were never going the straight way anyway. I also do want to say, right, that the road trip after Max pulls the U-turn, it makes sense, but it doesn't make any fucking sense. I still don't know. I don't know how you can end up in a position where your choices are Los Angeles and Idaho. <laughs> right? Like, I've driven, um... I've driven all up and down the southwest of the United States, man. I have driven all over it. 
Where the fuck I don't know, were is they? Is there like a turn off of Route 66 that I'm, just starts going to Idaho? So I'm thinking, so to me, I, I'm thinking, because the thing is, is they are going through Arizona. And that's not a choice you make in Arizona, man. Idaho is way too far away. Once you're already in Arizona, going to Idaho is... It's quite a ways away. You gotta start moving toward Idaho. You gotta start, you gotta kinda, you gotta kinda turn north and then east. Yeah. Like, it's not, it's not a binary decision. And don't get me wrong, I get that... That's an important part of the move. But they could have maybe chosen a place that was a little more relevant closer to la or they could have had they could have had like destiny be in like northern california yeah so there'd be the bit where the choice is between la and, and northern like, california yeah yeah it, this is something that like two more minutes in the writing room would have cleared up i don't know yeah i don't know why it had to be idaho is what i'm saying but before we get to there they stop at uh, a Little Mermaid themed uh, motel, which I kind of like that they're both super into because it's like a shitty motel, but has really leaned into the mermaid theme. It, it is. I have never been to a tacky motel because the idea of going to a motel terrifies me. But oh my god, there's come on, dude! I don't. You can't poop in other people's houses. You can't sleep in a motel. The come door. On. The door is open to strangers, man. That's like peak murder territory. It automatically locks. That's where serial killers go to hunt, and I refuse to be prey. You can put another latch on the door. It locks from the inside. Nah, man. It's never good enough. It's never safe enough. You can put a chair in front of it. I don't understand your issue. I'm just really paranoid, I guess, about being murdered. <laughs> Which is what I get for watching a lot of, like, cold case files and stuff as a kid. Yeah, I guess this is basically on you. (laughs) Yeah, no, I I agree that I'm in the wrong. Again, I'm wrong here. I'm the crazy one. I do like a good tacky motel. I just don't ever want to stay there. Like, I'd rather (laughs) drive a little bit further into civilization and stay at a hotel. Yeah, screw that. A hotel's like 50 bucks more at least. Yeah, but it's closer to civilization. And when you gotta sleep at four in the morning because you've driven halfway across the country and gonna do the other half tomorrow, you stop where you stop. Shoot a five-hour energy drink and keep on trucking, my dude. That's my motto. Hakuna Matata. Anyway, um, yo, that means no worries. That's 100% not your thing. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) Just felt like the right thing to say. I was wondering if you were going to call me on it or not. So while they're at this uh, motel, Pete shows up and is uh, to kind of, what's the word, leech off of uh, Goofy's hospitality. Yeah, he's going to bump some electricity. Well, and so that's the thing about Pete, right? I love one of my things, my favorite things about Pete is that as much as he thinks Goofy is lesser than him, he's never not above leeching off of his goodwill. I guess to Pete, Goofy is like the ultimate sucker. Also, Goofy might be Pete's best friend. I do think that Goofy is just Pete's best friend. Because, like, who else does he have? The thing that's really sad about the next movie is Goofy kind of moves on. Uh, (laughs) And Pete's just left with his pool room, man. Uh, Yeah, I guess they never hang out together ever again. Yeah, well, I mean, he can't miss him if he doesn't leave, right? Oof. Harsh. Well, hey, I'm not the one that said it. Max has explained to PJ his predicament earlier in the RV scene, and now that they're in the motel, he's kind of explained his plan further to PJ. Well, and the thing is, he, like, laughs about how fucking dumb the plan is. And this is why I'm okay with this plan not having a second step, because he's kind of like, yeah, man, I don't know what's going to happen once we get to LA, but that's 
future me's problem. And Peach is like, you changed the map? You really think that's gonna, you really thought that was gonna work? And he says, I panicked! <laughs> it was I'm like, yeah, okay. I, I love how much of a fucking teenager Max is. Like, it's, mm. like, he never thinks through his, he never thinks through any of his actions. It's all just impulse. And that makes sense for a teenager. They're not good at thinking. And of course, this is another bit where Pete, who claims not to like delivering bad news, uh, gets to be the one to <laughs> that's such make a good Goofy line. and Max fight again. I, that's such a good line. What a piece of shit, man. Yeah. What a fucking used car salesman. Yeah. What a creep. So he, yeah, he, he tells Goofy that Max has tricked him. And this next sequence of scenes, I think these next three scenes... I think are the best three scenes in this movie. They're very intense. They're very tight. They're very well written. And the voice acting is like top notch. Even even this one bit where Goofy is, Goofy's like mad and confused. And he like slams his head on his car and the fucking uh, map pops out just like it did for Max. Bathed in red glove compartment glow. The fact that there is that parallel in there. It's so good. It's fantastic. I would have hated it. If that was the first time that happened. And honestly, I kind of hated it the first, first time, time that it happened. happened. And I was like, well, that's dumb that that happened. And then, but the fact that it happened again, I was like, okay. Right. You it's, know what? That makes sense. It's good, but it's good setup. And, and you as a viewer feel satisfied when he hits his head on the car. Cause as soon as he does it, your thought is, oh, it's going to pop open. It has to. Yeah. This is fate. This is foreshadowing. This is good mm. writing. Also, just a, just a little trivia fact is that this the scene, this next scene is was the first scene that they recorded for the movie, and it was the first time uh, the voice actor who voiced Max worked with Goofy's voice actor Bill Farmer. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, so this was their. It's intimidating, I guess, as an actor to a have to work with the voice of Goofy, a, f- a fucking Goofy, right? Also. I feel like it'd be intimidating because that's not... That's a hard pull. Like a neutral scene? No, you're... It's a very emotional scene that you have to kick off playing. But I also think that once you nail that tone, the rest of the movie comes easy. Because this is the climax of the film. Right, but like, I wouldn't... I don't know, maybe some people would, but I was going to say I wouldn't start with writing the climax of the film. But then again, maybe some people do do that and, like, work backwards. That doesn't actually, not to say it out loud, sounds like kind of an interesting way to come up with the story. Right, definitely. And I do think, I think there are some writers that do do that. Uh, I, I think yeah. a lot, most writers follow the write it as it happens way of doing it or the like outline way of doing it. I do think it's interesting to to start with the climax and then kind of work outwards. It, it sounds like a good way of doing it like we mentioned before goofy and max are on the highway during the split between idaho oh, and, and california, california. <laughs> so, um <laughs> and goofy like goofy tells max you know tell me which way to go which way do i turn and max is like you know he's hesitating this is it right like once he commits mm-hmm. to this choice there's no going back and i think he's now weighing getting caught in the lie versus betraying the trust that my father has put in me is two very heavy right. things but eventually he does tell him to go left know, left toward la and they do it and i think they barely miss the uh what do you call it the concrete barrier there and then goofy pulls over 
and is so mad at Max for thinking he's too stupid to figure out they were going to LA. But then he definitely left his car neutral. He definitely. So that's the thing about Goofy, right? Is at the end of the day, he is still Goofy. But I, I also think that that is that it speaks to how well written this movie is. That throughout this entire comedic bit of them chasing their car. They are still having this very intense argument with each other, and it's still very emotionally effective. Like, I have had this argument with my dad of being caught in a lie and trying to defend it. Because I was right, damn it. I had to lie because I'm a teenager and I'm petulant. That is such an insane scene to even think about writing, and they pull it off almost effortlessly. It's very good. It's, yeah, it's an odd scene because it is comedic and also tense. It's emotionally, it has an emotional weight to it, and at the same time has a comedic levity. And they end up catching the car and sitting out in the river and talking, and I think eventually singing about how they're, you know, different people and they change and And stuff like that. Like, at the end of the day, right, like, like they they both say the thing that they wanted to say at the beginning of the movie, which is, Mm -hmm. I want to be my own person. And no matter how much you grow and change, I'm still going to be your dad and I'm still going to see you as my son. Side note, what is Goofy's car made of? Uh, unobtainium. It's made of comedic effect. It's just that it, it it's not, <laughs> I don't have a problem with it, like, surviving crashes, but it does also float. It's, yeah, perfectly buoyant. Which cars are not exactly known for. And, and also, it holds out the water, like. And also, at the end of the movie... He drives it back. Well, I mean, it doesn't last long much after that. It's destroyed, but he gets it back across the country. I can speak from experience that that is not a super easy thing to do with a broken car. (laughs) I think you could write a whole movie about that trip back. I'm glad we didn't have to see it, though. Can I briefly mention the one thing that I could honestly say I hated about this movie? Go for it. Goofy falls off a waterfall? Yeah. And they couldn't even get the scream right? Oh, yeah, no, it's... uh, it's What the hell is that about? It's crazy to me that they don't ever do Uh. the official scream. We don't get the official scream until the end of the movie, but that was the perfect place for it. Yeah. That that is a... That was some primo goof scream. So, yeah, Goofy's about to fall off a waterfall, and Max uses the uh, perfect cast. Perfect cast. Uh, we didn't describe Perfect Cast. It's basically, like, the fucking weirdest twitching of your body, and then you fling a, 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 uh... It's like you spend 90% of out. the Perfect Cast, uh, doing an, uh, an insane interpretive ritual, and then in the last two minutes you remember to throw the line and go fishing. And then I think it, after this, they just end up in the fucking... This is why there needed to be a tiny heist movie at this part of the right movie. because they because just I think they're just there. Well, they hard cut to to them having already snuck into the concert, but there was an entire right. setup to this scene that we don't get to see that should have been in this movie. Um, they could have afforded it. This movie's only seventy eight minutes long. Let me just. This is really my final big note for this movie. But for a guy who felt so bad about a few lies, Max is sure okay with breaking and entering and trespassing and destruction of property and arguably assault because he does like physically touch Powerline. I think Powerline kind of saw where the the breeze was flowing on this one though. I was like, you know what, Powerline. Yeah, Powerline seems like, one, a chill guy, and two, he 100% knows to keep on 
you know, you keep on rolling the concert. Yeah, he's a performer, man. He knows. Just got you got to go with the flow on this thing. But there are people who would have stopped and said, "Get these randos off <laughs> my stage." Well, he's not. Yeah, he's not like Paul McCartney, right? He's definitely more of a like a cool person. I was trying to think of a cool musician, but I don't know enough musicians. Is Paul McCartney an uncool musician? I I refuse to believe any of the Beatles are, are cool musicians, mostly because the only two of them are alive now, and they're very old and crotchety, but. Okay. I don't know. <laughs> right. I, it's like, this is part of the fantasy, so it's like, whatever. Sure. Also, to be fair, you know who else was super cool with this? His dad. Yeah, like, what the hell? <laughs> we sort of skipped over this, but Max tells him about the lie he told Roxanne. Griffey's like, okay, I guess we gotta do that then. Uh, all right. And I'm like, what? <laughs> yeah, all right. Like, it could have been a much better joke if it was like, all right, sure. Breaking and entering. I've got some experience in that. Like, wait, what? <laughs> Uh, and I know that there is, you know, I know about movies. There's no way they're not ending up at the Powerline concert. That's impossible. <laughs> but There could have been a little bit more. Because the whole movie keeps treating them ending up at the concert as unfeasible. So the fact that it just happens feels like it uh, comes out of nowhere. Even though you know it's going to happen, doesn't feel good. It's inevitable. <laughs> Because that's the way stories are told, you know? Yeah, but you want it to feel, you want it to have a flow, and it just, it's literally a smash cut. So they both end up on stage independent of each other. I forget how Goofy gets on stage, but I think he probably fell from somewhere. He definitely fell from somewhere. They Also, they break like a massive television. That could not have been cheap. Yeah, that was the destruction of property I mentioned. Okay, cool. I... <laughs> I wasn't sure. I will also say that this is the second time that Max has broken a large screen. He's good at that. He's really good at it. Um, Do you think Goofy has just incredible insurance? I mean, he has to, right? He's He worked for Mickey Mouse. I bet he still has that same insurance, even if he doesn't work for him anymore. I just, I bet that it costs him a lot less to keep paying the insurance than it would to keep paying for all the damage he causes on a You know, the basis. mouse takes care of his friends. <laughs> You made Mickey sound like a mobster there, 100%. No, and I, but that's the thing, right, is now in my head, the in the fiction of this world, Mickey Mouse is totally just a mob boss, edging out the, the competition. He has his hand in Hollywood. I was going to try to do a Mickey Mouse voice where I said a mobster thing, and then I realized I can't. What's, what's a mobster thing? What's the thing that mobsters say? I don't know. Try just like a, on this day at my daughter's wedding. You come here on this, the day of my daughter's wedding? That's pretty good. Uh, I sometimes forget that you're pretty good at voices. <laughs> I used to be able to do a real pitch-perfect Mickey, but then I became an adult, so... Gorsh, Mickey, I just need a little bit more time. <laughs> you're on. You're running on thin fucking ice here, Goofy. If you don't pay me back what you owe, you'll know why. I'm stealing... I, I can't. I was about to steal a bit from a good friend of mine. You'll know why we leave Pluto in chains. Oh, dang. <laughs> it's so, I know. It's, uh, it's, uh, is that... Can we get sued for that? Like, I know we don't matter, but, like, if you did a good Mickey Mouse impression on television, could you get sued for that? Or does that fall under parody? Or do you just not take the risk? Definitely for us it would fall under parody. Yeah, if, like, Family Guy did it, they could probably call parody. Oh, Family Guy has done Mickey Mouse bits, I think. But, but here's the real question, though. Let's say... Disney decided they didn't like you doing it and wanted to sue you over it. It would be way easier for you to say, oh my god, I'll never do it again, and we'll get rid of it, than to get sued by Disney, even though you'd probably eventually win. I don't know. If I got sued by Disney, I might stick to my guns just 
just to kind of just for the for the story. Yeah, why not destroy my life financially? I think I, say, I think that could last like twenty years, but go for it. I feel like being able to say that I, as a single man, was personally sued by the conglomerate that is Disney. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty good life experience to have under my belt, no matter how ruined my life got afterwards. Come at us, Disney. Come at me specifically. I don't want to share the fame. I don't want to share the say fame. Actually, come specifically at <laughs> Andy. Yeah, I was gonna be like, whoa, wait a minute, dude. Don't jump. I don't want you to jump in front of this bullet. It's okay. <laughs> this is glory I know you don't need or want. <laughs> anyway, Goofy and Max just get on stage. You know, they do fine. Goofy does the perfect cast, and it's a hilarious dance move. Great bit. Everybody back home sees it. You get it. It's the climax of a movie. You understand. He did the undoable and made his lie the truth. But on, on the way back home, I guess that there was an agreement between Goofy and Max that Max had to tell Roxanne the truth. Which, as an adult moviegoer, I get because you, like, you can't start a relationship like that. But I remember as a kid thinking, man, he just pulled it off. Right? Like, he got away with it, man. But also as an adult, yeah, you gotta tell the truth. You can't. I tell so many lies in regular conversations that are just about like they're just like simple tiny lies because the truth is slightly more complicated and i don't want to get into the more complicated thing you want to keep it simple i never tell a lie like i'm best friends with brad pitt i know really famous people and i'm gonna hang out with them and send you some pictures because that's crazy but if i did and i got those pictures I might just stand by it. No, man, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta come. No, like, you know what? I definitely wouldn't. That'd be so weird. I'm a, I'm a big believer in the little lie because it's, it, those lies of convenience are social niceties, right? Well, they're so like important. Like if, if you're supposed to get milk and you get a text, it's like, did you pick up the milk? Then you send back, yes. And then you go get milk, milk. right? Yeah, yeah, You'll exactly. Say, no, I'll go do it now because that is an invitation for a longer conversation. That you don't want to have. And it hurts nobody. At the end of the day, the milk was got. Right, right. In a relationship, I think those lies are almost necessary. But I don't even think it's a thing that's specific to relationships. I just think in your day-to-day life when you deal with people... It, oh yeah, absolutely. Like, like well, you can't, oh, especially with people you don't know. Are you kidding? You can't stop every two minutes to 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 get into that conversation because it's not worth it. Like I just, yeah. we all have little lies that we say because, like, I'm just here to get my coffee. You have your routine. I have mine. Hey, how you doing? I'm doing great. I'm glad you're having a nice day. All right, have a good afternoon. Like, right. If somebody says, "Hey, how you doing?" and you're like, "Oh, fuck, man, life's so hard. It's 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 been such a long day. It's only four. Then, like, you have broken the rules. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. You just say you're fine. Yeah, exactly. It's just it's not worth it to have those conversations because it's because otherwise we would have to become best friends with literally everyone we talk to, and that's exhausting. I don't want to be best friends with some people I'm best friends with right now because it's too much. Okay, wow. Uh, I guess we'll just end the podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, wait. (laughs) You're right. We're not best friends. Oh, no, don't do that. We're like blood brothers. No, don't do that either. Wait, (laughs) you're putting me in a position where I don't know what the right answer is anymore. And this is why you lie to people. This is, is why you lie to saying. people. Yeah, you don't want to have to commit. Anyway, you can't start off a relationship with this big a lie. Big of a lie. So. Oh, hell no. No, man. And if you do, you take that to your grave. No one can ever know. He'd have to kill his dad. It's too yep. big of a lie. 
And Goofy's unkillable. He is. He's outlived his son, I think, in the popular zeitgeist. So I got some shivers when I said that. I almost made a Kingdom Hearts joke then decided it probably wasn't <laughs> worth it to get into that. No, I, I don't care, man. No, my issue wasn't with you. It was with, like, the public in general. Like, if I'm making Kingdom Hearts joke, then I am making a Kingdom Hearts joke, and that's going to be a whole thing. He talks to Roxanne. He comes clean. She tells him she likes his laugh, which is cute. And then I think Goofy crashes into her roof. Yeah, and so Max introduces Roxanne to him, and uh, the movie kind of ends there. Yeah, it's a it's it's a nice little movie. It could be a little bit tighter in some places. It it's a movie that it kind of plays a little fast and loose, but it stays really focused on its on its kind of on its emotional goal. I think, which is the only thing that salvages it. It's a very effective father son coming of age story. It's very good at depicting these characters. Mm-hmm. I think there are bits that could be a little bit stronger. Altogether, I like. I see. I think it was worth the uh, probably worth the cinematic release that it got, and I, worth the amount of I praise it has, which is like um, I, I don't know about that. Which is like a uh, 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 like a sort of a cult following instead of like one of the big Disney movies. Oh yeah, it, it's definitely got a, a. It's got. It has its place, I think, in a lot of people's lives as a cult film, and I think it deserves it. I don't think the same can be said about the second movie. An extremely goofy movie. A 2000 turn of the millennia direct-to-video animated sequel made by Walt Disney Television Animation directed by Douglas McCarthy five years after the release of the original and has the exact same running time, 70 years. Amazing. Good on them. You know what? It's a good running time. It's a good, uh, yeah, it's great. It's uh, it's not too long, not too short. It's a good amount of time. Man, this movie is crazy. <laughs> this movie is so... It's such a snapshot of its time. Of a time? Yeah. yeah, that no longer... It's so quintessential to early 2000s, late 90s. Yeah, everything about this movie from its premise to its everything. But you know what? There's some stuff that isn't. Because, you know what, we'll get to that. <laughs> there's, like, some shit, man. Oh, this movie gets real in some places that I was not ready for? It's not even to the getting real part that I have a problem with. We'll, we'll get there. So, um, although a kid does try to murder them at one point, which feels more like an 80s movie thing to me than a 2000s one. You know, in the 80s, kids tried to murder each other all the time, you know, like in Footloose or Back to the Future. Let's talk about first just how weird it is. The The audience of this movie is unfathomable. It's literally, hey, <laughs> the kids who watched it, the Goofy movie are probably going to college now, so... Let's release a movie to, about skateboarding. That's the thing, though. Skateboarding by the early 2000s? Was skateboarding even, like, in vogue anymore? Yes, Tony Hawk's Pro Skater, dude. We are at the height you know of what? Tony that's Hawk's true. Pro that's Skater. That's true, that's true. I forgot about Tony Hawk. I forgot that when I was a kid, he, he would be, like, a guest star on cartoon shows. Hey, man. I feel like a lot of people forget about Tony Hawk in a way that is hilarious. Yeah, we're talking, like, the height of skateboarding i think uh th this was back when skateboarding could make you rock star famous back when skateboarding was broadcast on espn jesus christ you know and what bothered me is that was like espn one yeah right if you look at the banner it says esp1 and espn2 that's crazy 
Boy, what a slow sports day. Because what I was thinking when I, when I saw that was like, it should be like in dodgeball, where dodgeball, professional dodgeball is playing on ESPN 8, The Ocho. Yeah, right? <laughs> Which is a good, that's a good movie. That's the one thing I really remember from that movie, but I love it. I The one thing I really remember about that movie is re-watching it years later and going, holy shit, that's Alan Tudyk. What's he doing in this movie? <laughs> oh, he was the pirate, right? Yeah, he was the pirate Pete. <laughs> oh, Alan. Oh, man, he's literally got the best career I think any any actor can imagine. An extremely goofy movie starts with Maximilian Goof getting ready to go off to college. Uh, they're having a cookout. Him and uh, PJ and uh, Robbie are skateboarding on their little homemade uh, half pipe. And talking can about- I... I need to talk about a couple things. Now that you've just introduced Robbie, I need to talk about this is the, as far as I can tell, the number one complaint people have with this movie. Roxanne's not in it? Right! She is completely absent. She's not even mentioned. Which is, like, you know what? If you start dating a girl when you're 15, maybe you stop seeing each other by the time you go to college. Maybe. I get it. Yeah, but I understand. also... The fact that she was, like, the whole point of the first movie, and then not in- I mean, not the whole point of the first movie, but you get what I'm saying. She was- she was the inciting action, and she was his goal for the first movie. I do want to just say, yes, it's gross. We- we understand. It's a, it's a little gross. I mean, frankly, yeah, she's not really a character as much as, as much she is, is an object situation. to attain. Yeah, but- But you know what makes it more gross? The fact that the they fact just that toss she never her away! character- this could have been a good time to to really focus a bit more on. Here's the thing that kind of bothered me is that like I don't I don't I, I, it's it's just weird that she doesn't exist. I feel like every woman in Max's life just disappears. Holy hell! What are you saying? I'm saying that I think Max might have the Infinity Gauntlet, and he just dusts people when he's done with them. I wonder how much that joke would age this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> it's. As of the recording of this podcast, relevant. <laughs> Endgame came out like two days ago. Literally, so, so this is about deal. as relevant as it could get. But I, I do not think it will be relevant in about a month. So we'll but see. But what bothered me about the fact that Roxanne wasn't there is that Bobby's there. What? Yeah, I know. He's like nobody. <laughs> I don't get it. And I kind of think it would be interesting if there was like a girl in the little gang. You know? And I get that that's not how college movies start, but come on. Right, no, I understand. Like, there there should have been, it, it shouldn't have been Robbie, is what we're saying. Although, Robbie does have the best line in this movie. Do you always wonder why we're wearing gloves? <laughs> it, it's, it's a line that, it, it is a throwaway punchline. That's right, yeah. That's yeah. so fucking good. It almost makes up for the fact that he shouldn't fucking be in this movie. Almost. Mm -hmm. Not quite. Almost. He does get a haircut, at least. They are practicing for the College X Games, which I immediately wrote down as not a strong start. Oh, I know. (laughs) Like, who, like, in in the year of our Lord 2019, like, who gives a shit about the X Games? Oh, man. There's no way those things are still going on, right? I don't know. Maybe. Like, locally. Fuck, there's no way. I'm looking. I'm looking it up. I need to know. I don't have a problem with, like, extreme sports and shit, but I kind of have a problem with people who care that much about them. Well, so that, the, here's the thing about extreme sports, right, is they're not that extreme, and they're not really sports. 
I don't know. Is skateboarding not a sport to you? I, so here's my problem. The the thing about football and baseball and basketball and hockey and soccer, the big five, is that it's really easy to see how the point system works because it's just you put the mm. like the okay. right like. It's easy to care even if you don't know any of the rules because the objective is clear. But unless somebody falls off of a skateboard, you don't know necessarily if they're doing well unless you're an expert. The only reason you know how well anybody's doing is if you have a really good announcer. The the games do end in a race. And I think the reason it ends in a race is because everybody gets it. Uh, you know, it's an easy thing to show. Here's the finish line. Mm-hmm. But that's a good point. I didn't think of it. Like that. It's not what I'm saying that they're not quote unquote real sports because I feel like that's like mm. saying something isn't actually art. Like, who cares? What I'm saying is, it's like, who cares? What I'm saying is, who cares? Who cares about the X Games in in 2019? Somebody, probably, but it's fine. I'm sure there is a group of like really vaped up college students who are really into the X Games every year. But I mean, other than them, uh, side note, Robbie definitely vapes. Yeah. Yeah, oh, right? Yeah. He just to a T, he definitely vapes. He wants to think that he's cool enough to smoke weed, but he does and he just vapes. Harsh. <laughs> so Max is ready to go off to college, but uh but Goofy's kinda not ready to let him go yet. This movie's very unfocused compared to the first movie, which is ironic considering the whole theme of focus that Goofy's obsessed with in this film. That's true. He says this thing about focus, and he brings it to a horseshoe, and then he throws a horseshoe, and the horseshoe goes everywhere, but then it hits the... What's it? What do you call it in horseshoes? A stake. I think it's just a stake. And that comes back later. Mm -hmm. Not as effectively as the map thing that we talked about before. Yeah. But it was it was okay. It, no, you know what? It was weird that he went back home. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, how... <laughs> How much did he? Maybe they just needed to get uh, Jim Cummings back in the movie. And it wasn't clear the, the timeline in that scene because it's like he left after he failed something that I thought was a midterm. But or a no, final. because he takes a midterm later. So what the fuck was that test? Yeah, I don't know. The oh man, this movie anyway. sucks. This movie's writing is not as clean. I will say that. Yeah, here's the pro Here's my problem with this movie: is parts of it are genuinely good. For yes. instance. Actually, no, I can't get to the good part because we have to make a pit stop at this gift that Goofy gives Max. Oh, man. My my issue is not that he that Goofy gives Max a typewriter. Mm -hmm. It's that Max hopes it is a TV slash VCR slash laptop slash fax machine. What a dumb time to be alive. Right? Oh, my God. Like, why would you need all of those things? All of those <laughs> things are things that no longer exist. A VCR is gonna leave in like two years after this movie, movie comes, comes out. out. Uh, fax machine, fax machines. I will say, still useful. Uh, if you're working taxes, I guess. I hate fax machines. I hate that fax machines are still useful because there's no reason for them to be. I th I'm convinced that the only reason fax machines still exist are because of train companies. And a TV. I mean, I guess I'm assuming the TV slash laptop thing is a joke. Yeah, because that doesn't make any goddamn sense. Yeah. <laughs> I could I can watch television and do computation at the same time. Fucking that's so <laughs> wild. I can't even imagine. I could do my spreadsheets and watch videos. No way. It was it was the year two thousand. There was internet. I <laughs> I'm know, just saying. but here's here's my problem with it is that that typewriter does not come up again, and I really wish it did. It's it's weird because Max is like clearly disappointed, and Goofy like seems to get it. 
and then that's like also not a big deal. The fact that the fact that that happened does not cause a rift between them. That doesn't matter. It's it just doesn't. Like a it's not even the instigated action because the instigating action doesn't happen uh, for another at least twenty minutes. Well, the thing that I really love about this is because in the next scene, when Max leaves, he leaves behind his teddy bear. And so Goofy, like, goes into Max's room and is just sitting there with his teddy bear. And it's, like, a legitimately great scene. That scene is so good. Here's the thing, though. That teddy bear also doesn't come back. That's true. Like, what the fuck, guys? You've, you've done two setups? No commitment. Kind of the weird thing with this movie is how okay Goofy seems to be getting along when he joins Max at... Okay, so, I mean, we'll get to it, but Goofy ends up joining... You know what? No. We'll Let, get to it. Let's just get not... to it naturally, because it's it's kind of important to l- let it happen. Also, what decade is that van from? This is going to be a big question for me a few it's times from the in 70s. this movie. Which is like... I don't get that it's the early 2000s and they're driving around in the mystery machine. It doesn't make any sense to me. It, it, it is absolutely bonkers that they're driving to college on the day of orientation. What the fuck? That too. What the fuck are you talking about? You should have been at college a week ago. What do you mean? Yep. You're moving into dormitories. You should have been there a week ago. Yep. 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 yep, yep. Oh, it's... Cr- also, I... And maybe this is just me in the college I went to. I've never understood frat culture. They get to college. They're freshmen. They know about individual students at the college they just started at. They know them by name and title. That's they They have fucking wild. pinnings for these students. <laughs> Nobody would know that. Why didn't they just have the frat guys introduce themselves later, later. when they're, they're trying to, like, get Max to be on their team? This is some fucking, like, American Pie 101 shit, right? Like, I feel like this type of college only exists in movies the same way that, like, high school musical style high schools only exist in movies, right? There's some shit that happens in this movie. This movie isn't as bad with it as some other movies, but there's some shit that happens in this movie that's, like, some definite high school shit that would not fly, fly in, in college. college. Yeah. Although at the same time, this movie weirdly captures a very movie-type idea of college. It feels like this movie was written by people who didn't go to college, but watched a lot of movies about people going to college. Yeah, but we're like big fans of Animal House. Yes, yes! Animal House is a great example. Max and PJ and Robbie have this big plan to become super famous in college by winning the X Games as freshmen. And And that basically puts them on on the path to popularity for all of their college career, I guess. Yeah, which is fine. It's not a very impressive goal to me because, like, because for one thing, they don't need to do it to, like, settle into college. They seem to settle in pretty Pretty well. well. PJ starts, like, getting a girlfriend pretty early and, like, shit like this. And, like, stuff seems to go fine for them without necessarily having the X game. And so that's the thing, right, is that the whole competition between the frat and Max's crew seems to be purely egotistical. Right, right. There's no reason for it to happen as a connection to the movie. And, and so that's the thing, right, is because of that, Max quickly stops being a character in his own fucking movie. 
Yeah. Because, oh, we need to talk about Goofy. So Goofy... Yeah, so let's get to Goofy's new job. For some reason, he lost his last job. I guess Sears closed. He was Yeah, Sears closed <laughs> and stopped existing. Um, and he starts... He works at a toy factory, which... He works at the most joyless toy factory. <laughs> I don't think any toy factory is filled with joy, but this one is particularly this, joyless. This one's not very good, though. Yeah. This, <laughs> You're probably uh, right. Probably toy making actually genuinely sucks most of the time. My favorite thing about this movie is there's a moment in that factory where he starts imagining Max. One of the toy's heads becomes Max's head. And I'm like, whoa, this is weird, but okay. It's a, it's an animated movie. They can do stuff like this. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a taste, a mere taste of things to come. Do you know what was crazy for me at the toy factory? Be, but I, it was, a, it was again, a very cartoon thing that yeah. if you give it any thought, you think that doesn't make any goddamn sense, is the <laughs> Goofy gets fired partially because he accidentally hits the reverse button on his... Yeah, because there's a reverse setting on little his... Little treadmill mach- and, like, completely destroys the machine by putting it in reverse. Why is that button on there? That is some fucking, like, put a piece of plywood over over your ventilation shaft in the Death Star fucking engineering right there, man. Like, you don't... First of all, why would you need a reverse setting? What does that even accomplish in case you what does that make do? too many toys? Oh, no, we made too many toys today. Put it in reverse. Take them apart. Our bottom line's too high. There's no way we'll sell them all. Something that does happen in this movie, and I can tell that it was meant to be a bit, but it instead just made me really sad, is when Goofy is hugging the toy he thinks is Max, and then the boss is watching him on camera and yells at him to get back to work. And there's just a yeah. camera there watching him. And I just got really sad because that was a joke in 2000 and is the reality in 2019. Yep. It's very sad. I So Goofy gets fired and he goes to the unemployment office. And he's told by the secretary there that he can't get a job because he doesn't have a college degree. He dropped out after three years. Goofy has been in the workforce for... I don't know, how old is Goofy? 40, 50? He says that he was hasn't been in college since the 70s. I assume this movie takes place in 2000, so at least 30 years. He's been so in he's been in the workforce for 30 years. He must have, like, enough work experience to get some kind of job. But it's fine. I can buy that he needs to go back into college so that this movie can happen. I feel like in the 2000s, having to go back to college as a middle-aged man is much more of a joke premise than it is today, where you're like... Yeah, yeah, you would have to go back to college, though, actually, because the work environment these days is a fuck. Just another sign of the times, man. Goofy's got to go back to college. There's our inciting action. First, I just want to introduce the frat crew, because the the head of the Gamma Moo Moo gang... Forgot that was their name. First of all, it's pronounced Gamma Mew Mew, not Moo. Mew. Well, now it's a Pokemon, which isn't necessarily better. I think it's better because that's that's whatever. I get it. Ooh. I love the name of the head of the fraternity. His name is Bradley Uppercrust the Third, which is such a great name for this character. Yeah, it, it tells you everything you need to know about him. Yeah, he's this fucking this this is fucking like uh, upper class family boy, and he's the third of his lineage. That's a good name. Here's the thing: I can't get behind. Max is graceful in this movie. He's, like, really good at skateboarding. And boy, howdy, did he fall over a lot in the last movie. So that's the thing, right? In the last movie, he's basically, like, a mini Goofy. And in this movie, he is, like, a a speedy gazelle. Nothing gets in his way. He's just dodging and weaving and 
catching frisbees and stealing sandwiches and yeah so the moomoos decide they want to chase him down to like recruit him or prove a point or whatever and he and the guys have a lot of fun like dodging them and then end up at a jazz poetry coffee house and i have to ask again what decade is this is this there is and listen man i have been to a jazz poetry coffee house yeah dude nobody does that fucking snapping shit nobody does anything as soon as somebody's done it's like a polite clap and then everyone goes back to you know talking to each other i think it's supposed to be like a quintessential college thing you know but it feels like everybody it's it's like a it's like a 60s thing though it makes oh no remember because later later everybody in the jazz club fucking west side stories the fraternity out of the goddamn fucking place by snapping their fingers menacingly it it feels honestly like a body snatchers moment it is yeah it's definitely like a a very weird psychological torture so they they start hanging out in the coffee house um, where they meet that then the moomoos show up I'm going to get to this crazy jazz poet character in a second because I low-key love her, but she's crazy. Here's the thing about her is that she doesn't have a name. Does she not? I just thought I missed it. No, she's... She is literally not even in the credits. But what happens is the Moomoo's start, like, physically assaulting Max's friends, which is assault. That's a bunch of adults taking a bunch of other adults in a place of business, and they are chased out by the snapping. But the police could have been called. I'm just saying, see, this is what bothers me about a lot of, like, college movies. Where as soon as physical assault happens, now it's assault. And you can get that fucker arrested. That's the thing, right? Is as soon as that shit starts going down, there are other older... The thing about college is is you have a bunch of kids who have just turned into adults and are a little rowdy. But then you have Mm -hmm. actual fucking adults there, too. And usually, as an adult who has had to do this, when the teenagers start acting too much like fucking teenagers, the adults have to step in and go, hey, fuckers, you could get arrested for this shit now. And that causes problems for everyone. So cut it out. Campus police, they're right there. It's insane to me. Yeah, I have no idea. It's a movie thing, though, right? Like, you only see that kind of shit in movies. Uh, so I was really bothered when it turned out the jazz poet was going to be a character, but then it turned out that I guess she's not, because she doesn't get a name, she just ends up dating PJ. Yeah, her, uh, her name is, her, she's credited as Beret Girl in Cafe. Oh no, that's so much worse. Right? It than would, even, then... like, I've been calling her Jazz Poet, which is at least a description. It's at least the thing she even... does. Beret Girl would have been better than Beret Girl in In Cafe. cafe. Like, there was another Beret Girl, and they don't want you to be confused. Confused. Yeah, it's crazy. This sucks. Her character is kind of really obnoxiously awful. It's like just the stereotype of like super into poetry and jazz kind of thing. I do love the the one-two punch of the scene that is... Robbie getting shot down, but PJ just sliding in. <laughs> that's that's a fun little joke, but yeah, it's fucking gross that like, A, she doesn't even get a name, but B... I sort of like, I mean, I sort of like Robbie's whole thing, which is like, oh, he gets a girlfriend, and then he gets really into jazz poetry too, 
because that's like the kind of shit that happens when you go to oh, college. Oh, yeah, it's great. It's definitely a thing that you see in college a lot. But it makes, yeah, it does make me wish that she was, you know, a character. unnamed character. It, I would really like it if this, uh, if this movie had a named female character who did something. Because we do eventually get a named female character, but she just exists kind of as a romantic character interest you know it's i get that it's kind of a hard needle to thread you have two male main characters in a movie that's about their relationship to each other yeah and so it's kind of hard but also i think these people could have done it i think the effort could have been put in well that's the thing right is the effort could have been put in but i think we both know why the effort wasn't put in and it's because nobody cared enough to do it yeah you have to want to be inclusive right it's not just gonna happen so goofy shows up this scene is great oh also i have an issue with the class that he shows up in so he shows up in class max's class where all the upperclassmen are also so max is a freshman either he's a freshman in an upperclassman class or a bunch of upperclassmen in a freshman class but since goofy shows up i guess it's an upperclassman class yeah because he's technically uh a senior he's doing his last year because he still has those credits fucking somehow. Yeah, um, I, I have no idea how that would fly. I don't think... I don't, I, don't, know. I, don't have, I don't know how that shakes out. I don't know what you have to retake or what. I will say, though, also, that later he mentions that they're only doing trigonometry. Maya? That's not senior level. That shit you get done in your first year. I don't care what degree you're going for. Maybe the... Okay, so maybe the upperclassmen put off their fucking math class until their last year and then goofy maybe had to retake it for some reason because honestly come on of all the classes he would have to retake math hasn't changed much in the last 200 years like i'm just saying you know what it's fair (laughs) he shows up and he makes this big scene about being max's dad and max gets really embarrassed but then like the next scene is they talk about it and max is 100 understanding which I liked, but also felt a little weird because it means that every time they sort of rub against each other, I keep on thinking, but Max is so understanding. Shouldn't he also understand this? The thing is, is what this movie should have been about is crossing boundaries, right? Right. Because Max mentions very clearly that him and his dad put up boundaries. And over the course of the movie, Goofy just keeps breaking them and crossing those lines. And what this movie should have been about is Goofy learning to respect his son's space and privacy and allowing him to right, become his own person. Right, but he doesn't. Max just, gets, Max just gets rid of him. But the thing is, like, some of the stuff they're doing is, like, Max really wants to do the X Games and Goofy's like, no, we're going to study together. And I know that that must suck for Max being in college, but also, that's not insane. But the other the the other problem is is Max is never shown having difficulty in his classes. Well, but Goofy's not shown having difficulty into in his classes until he has a fight with Max and goes and, in a spiral and has a fucking mental breakdown that is insane. Yeah. But that's the thing, right? Is is like the only problem in this movie seems to be that they're refusing to talk to each other about anything yeah and it's crazy because didn't we get over that in the last movie there like max isn't a teenager anymore he's uh, and well he still is a teenager but he's like well, he still is a teenager but he's an adult he's like an adult grown-ass man he's had like years like at least two more years since the last movie i think three uh because i think it was 15 the last movie okay then yeah three years like 
The thing is, like I said, Max is, like, perfectly reasonable throughout a lot of the movie, and then, like, pulls weird scams on his dad. Dad? Which feels wild. Yeah, because, like, it's such a right turn sometimes. It's like I said, like, this movie lacks a focus. It doesn't, it doesn't quite know what story it wants to tell, so it kind of just does everything at once. For some reason, really wants to hit this X Games thing. It really wants to hit this X Games thing broadcast on ESPN, which, again, I do, I do need to point out, I know why. It's because this was a brand marketing deal, obviously. So that's why it's in there. They kind of still don't focus on it, though, because the X Games are brought up at the beginning of the movie, and then we don't really talk about them again until they start at the climax of the movie. Well, there's um, there's a bit in the middle. Well, yeah, where they're practicing, right? No, where they, like, um, not practicing, but where they, um... The qualifiers? Yeah, where they qualify. I would say that that's kind of the climax of the film. Where the climax starts, that's fair. Ugh, want to get to the library? Yeah, I guess we're there. Oh, sorry. We did we did not mention that because Goofy hasn't been to college since the seventies, he comes in here oh, that's right. with yeah, the yeah. absolute flyest fucking getup. He's got an ascot on, turned to the right. He's got a fucking triangle collared shirt unbuttoned down to the chest, parachute pants, a white suit jacket that's a little too big. Like yep. he is ready. He even has a afro wig, which is a little much. I do like what, what Max's line when he gets rid of the wig. He's like, Dad, you're scaring people. <laughs> <laughs> Which I also would say to somebody if I took their Afro wig away from them. Goofy really leans into the whole 70s thing. And besides taking away the wig, Max does not do anything else about it. It's like, he's, you know, he's lived with his dad for 18 years. He knows he, how this goes, yeah, probably. He, he knows what happens when his dad gets into this kind of a mood. Ah, dad's back in his 70s phase again. They go to the library, and Goofy meets a librarian, Sylvia Marple, and they start off the nerdiest romance, which is in itself pretty adorable. It's kind of awesome. When they're, like, meeting each other, and she talks about how she is a big fan of everything 70s. Yeah. Does does Max, like, sneak away, and then they get on a date? Yeah, he... He, so Max just leaves, and, and and they just agree to go on a date. Yeah, and then, then they go on a date in a nightclub that Max is at. I frankly thought that he would have a bigger problem with Goofy dating. That's the thing, though, is his mom doesn't fucking exist. So why would he have a problem? This is the part of his mom not existing that really fucking grinds my gears, right? It's like... Your parent dating another woman is a big fucking deal. Like, I don't care what your relationship with your parents is. Like, it's going to affect you and you're going to have opinions about it. And they're probably not going to be positive because you have like, well, they might be positive to be fair. But this woman that Max doesn't know dating his dad. The fact is Goofy goes to the same college as Max. Mm -hmm. His girlfriend is the librarian at that college. She's got to be there every day. Yeah. And the fact that they never really have a conversation about that is it, it kind of bumps me out a little bit. And they even go to, like, apparently the college hangout spot. You know, it's not like they're doing it in secret or, like, keeping it on the down low so there doesn't need to be the conversation. You know, kind of thing that we talked about earlier. The whole school knows that Max's dad... Is dating the librarian. And Max is 100% cool with it because he figures it'll get Goofy off of his back. 
But also, Max should definitely have a bigger problem with it, for all the reasons that we've talked about. They go to the local club, they convince the DJ to put on some 70s music, and they get down tonight. Uh, Shake Your Groove Thing, which is a really good song. Oh, they do play Shake Your Groove Thing. Yeah, this movie has a lot of licensed music in it, Uh, so a lot of the music in this movie is actually really good. (laughs) So they do do this dance, and... uh, uh, like I said before, it reminded me of Emperor's, uh, no, Croc's New Groove, but it wasn't terrible. It so wasn't was terrible. Good. Well, that's the thing, right, is unlike the relationship between uh, Croc and whatever the fuck that lady's name was, is that yeah. their romance isn't weird. If there's no, there, there is no weird sex metaphors happening. God. It's just... I just remember, like, her bent over and him behind her and them, like, rolling bread together. And it was, like, the creepiest goddamn scene. It was the most uncomfortable thing to watch. It's, like, the one thing I remember from that movie now. It's burned into my brain. Because I watched it and I was like, this isn't happening. If I was watching this movie with my parents, I would feel more uncomfortable watching the scene of them kneading the dough of that bread than an actual sex scene in a movie. I once watched 40-year-old virgin with my mom, and I would and I wouldn't watch that with her again, but I also would not watch Crocs do group. <laughs> because one is a lot easier to explain your discomfort. Yeah, one's like, okay, you know what? We're just gonna have to muscle through this because Nobody wants to be in a room with their parents when sex stuff is happening. Because like it seemed like a good idea to watch a movie with uh what's his face in it? Uh Steve Carell. With Steve Carell it seems like a good idea to watch a Steve Carell movie, and now that we're into it, it seems like a bad idea. But like Crocs do groove <laughs> It's it really kind of just hits you out of left field and at yeah. that point you feel trapped. Like now everyone's uncomfortable and no one knows how to escape. But Goofy <laughs> Does not do that. And they have a normal dance. It's genuinely, one, a really cool, well-choreographed scene. Like, it's, it's, so, so this dance scene is, is, is well animated. It's very well choreographed. I would say, you know what, I would say almost one of my problems with this movie is that it is put together so well. Yeah. I think it's a very competently made movie, which is why it's kind of a bummer that it's not that great. It's one of those things, right, where the movie's animated very well. I would say it's probably one of the best direct-to-video animated sequels we've seen. It's got a lot of polish. It's got a lot of time and effort put into it. The mm-hmm. problem is, is just the script isn't that good. And if you don't have a good script, you don't have a good movie. In theory, I would be fine with like a romance with with the goofy having a romance because i just don't think it's happened i mean obviously it has happened before but it's, we just don't it's know. happened in this one but it just wasn't very good you know because i honestly think the romance is fine it's just that it wasn't it, bad but it, it wasn't it also wasn't like the focus there's, and... yeah, there's no tension there's no lead up it just happens because it has to happen because the script is not very well written yeah because Goofy needs somebody to help pick him back up after he has his emotional breakdown. But this also happens, by the way, that's another reason why it's fucking crazy he went home after failing one test that I guess why? wasn't because even a had... midterm. I can't believe he went back to fucking Pete of all people when he had a new girlfriend to talk about. When he had this shit. new girlfriend who's a librarian, you're just like six years of school for that. And listen... Someone has to say it, so it's gonna be me. She's way better looking than Pete. That's true. I would I would argue that most people are way better looking than, than Pete. Pete. Yeah. Also, I thought that the house that they were celebrating at was Goofy's house. So when Goofy goes back and Pete's still barbecuing in his backyard, <laughs> I was like, what the fuck is Pete still doing at Goofy's house? 
Maybe it is Goofy's house. I mean, maybe... I mean, they live next door to each other, right? Maybe he just goes over and uses his barbecue. Grill? That seems oh my like God. a Pete thing. That does seem like a Pete thing. That's so shitty. You know what? Headcanon, that's definitely what's happening. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... After the dance, they, you know, the date continues. They, like, they watch go. the sunrise or sunset and just or just stare out at, they, at something. They, they just look at the moon. And she says, Goofy, this is the best night of my life. And I thought, wow, low bar. And then Goofy says, me, mine too. And then I thought, fucking harsh! <laughs> he has a son! Not when my son was born. <laughs> Fuck my Not son. Not when I met his mother, who presumably existed. <laughs> no, my entire life up until this point when I met you has been a fucking sham. <laughs> Not on his first day of school. Not the first time he said daddy. None of it. All of it was for nothing. Oh. Yeah, it's kind of hard. If this was a well-written scene, you'd have Max hiding in the bushes, hear that, and go, oh, shit. Not that time that we that we broke and entered so we could go on stage, stage with Powerline. And I did a cool dance move based on a trick with a pole that my dad taught me and really connected with him. <laughs> Not those two seasons of wacky adventures that we had back in 92. None of it. Mine, too. God damn, it's the sickest bird. So then, oh, there is a moment he where- He just met this girl. I... Best night of his <laughs> life. Uh, there's also a moment where they both, like, go to hold hands, but then their mood rings start glowing. Oh my god. But then they start, like, wrapping their, like, pinky fingers around each other, and I was like, this is, like, this is weird, right? Why can't they just hold hands? So they're dating now. And now we get to the, um- qualifiers right do we i feel like something else happens does something else happen oh yeah because he joins the fraternity remember yes yeah because they were practicing and max convinced goofy to join the fraternity just just to get him off of his back for no other reason no 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 no. there's another reason what's another reason he thinks does it does he think he'll fail no 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 it's because in his head not only does he have his dad off of his back, but he also put the burden of Goofy being Goofy onto the fraternity. Oh, onto other people for one goddamn day. So he's thinking, oh man, he's just going to drag him down because that's what he does to me. He should know that Goofy effortlessly, effortfully does everything effortlessly. He should know that as soon as he gets on a skateboard, he would fail upward. I don't think Max understands quite how Goofy's comedy powers work just yet. Which is too bad because Max could probably tap into those. He's a demigod. So, does Goofy go first or does Max go first? I don't remember. Uh, Goofy goes first. Goofy goes first. The the Moomoo's put a rocket on his skateboard. Sorry, which the, Moomoo's, is... the Moomoo sounds like a fucking... <laughs> That sounds like a Japanese idol band, man. That's just a bad name. All right, go on. I mean, fair. I think I don't think it's supposed to be a good name. They put the rocket on a skateboard, which is such a blatant way of cheating, because there is smoke coming from it the whole time he's on the skateboard. But he gets like perfect tens, and now nobody notices. Germany gives him a nine. Yeah, which is like a really funny joke. Like so funny. It it, it that is a joke that. At the time this movie came out was about 60 years too old, so... I just, I don't... The X Games are definitely not judged by, by the Olympic Committee for different countries. Especially when it seems like this X Games is happening only at this college. Yep, that would be insane. Oh, Jesus. 
Yeah, maybe the Olympic Committee needs something to do those three other years. I, you know what? I actually think they're kind of busy. <laughs> <laughs> At least with embezzling money. Oh, wow. Um, wow. Wow. Way to get real, man. You know what? Someone Andy, has to embezzle money. I honestly think that thing I said was an old joke about something that happened in 2008. Uh, no, I think they're uh, constantly under scrutiny. Goofy gets like a perfect 10 except for the Russian guy or the Germans. German, German guy. Really? Germans, not Russian? Right? Huh? That's how you know it's too old, <laughs> that it was the Germans that's, of all people? That's so weird because it would have been Russians from 1960 onwards. Right? Oh, uh, yeah, that joke is fucking 60, uh, at this point, like, 80 years too late. So, Max does it. He doesn't do very well. Uh, I don't know anything about skateboarding, but I'm pretty sure if the first thing you do is wipe out, it doesn't matter what you do from that point, but maybe I'm wrong. Not necessarily. Skateboarding, uh, skateboarding is ranked and judged very similarly to Olympic figure skating. So wiping does not necessarily mean that your routine is a failure as long as you can get back up, commit to the routine and, you know, finish. I don't know what it is, man, but I would so rather wipe out on a skateboard than on an ice rink. I think it's the blades. It, maybe it's the blades. Maybe it's because it's a completely flat surface of ice. Maybe it's because when you're skateboarding, you're probably wearing pads. Oh yeah, that's the ice thing. Skating, figure skaters not. definitely aren't wearing pads. That that and it's <sighs> oh, and it's cold. I feel like it hurts more when you hit when you're cold and you get injured. Well, I th- I just think you're more sensitive because your nerves are already like, damn, it's cold. Well, it, it doesn't matter. It's this this kind of. I, I don't know, I, I got like an intense fear when you talk about ice skaters and the idea of them wiping out. I got the privilege isn't the word I'm looking for, but I will say privilege of getting yep. to go onto an ice skating rink and standing on the ice. I say standing because as soon as I put my two feet on that <laughs> shit, I immediately walked back off. No thank you. I do not like the feeling of not having friction between my feet and the ground at all. Yep. Max finishes and gets like a six, which isn't great, but he qualifies. Yeah, he, he basically just scraped into the into the finals, I think is the gist of it. And then I think he blows up at Goofy and tells him to get his own life, which really annoyed me because Goofy has partially because Max already told him to. He, he's doing this skateboarding thing because Max told him to. He's got a girlfriend. Because Max introduced him to her. And he and he's not been bothering Max w- with all the college shit anymore. I get that Max is mad because he did bad, you know? But I, they haven't been butting heads this movie. <laughs> They've been getting along fine. This is the first time anything has happened negatively between them. and it really feels like Ma- like max kind of just blows up out of nowhere now we're at the test hey i have a note here it says is this a philosophy class or a math class i have no idea i thought it was a shakespeare class at first i don't know what this class is for there was a question on the test that made me think this is a philosophy class but before goofy said it was a math class but then also when he opens up the test there's math questions on it this doesn't make any sense yeah i i I, hey it's a it's an animated movie for kids about college man okay i guess every class has exactly the same people in it yep this is a 30 person college so i just we need to talk about goofy's mental breakdown scene yeah let's do it what the fuck is even happening in this in the middle of his test goofy starts daydreaming i want to well even before we get to the breakdown scene i just want to ask really 
Why should he have a breakdown? He's had a great few days, and he had a fight with Max that's not like a new fight. It's a fight that they've had before. I assume it's a fight that they've had a lot. Right, right. It seems like something that probably pops up a bit between a parent and their kids, you know? Oh, you're getting too much in my life. Goofy, who I know is goofy, but is still supposed to be like a well-rounded individual who can lead a normal life, shouldn't be having a breakdown here. Yeah, it really makes it seem, this movie really makes it seem like Goofy's entire existence revolves around Max. But the thing is, is even if that's true, that shouldn't literally be true. Even if his existence does revolve around Max. You can have a fight with your kid, and then it'll be fine once everybody's cooled down. The great thing about having a family is there's never going to be a point where you're not family anymore. Unless you've killed someone. I feel like you're still family at that point. There's just nothing you can do about the situation anymore. But the thing is, Max isn't going to be mad forever, and Goofy's not an idiot. He should be smart enough to know that. And I don't get why he's freaking out. It's like he's the the college-age kid here, you know? The beginning of the breakdown has all of these bad things in his life that have happened as a result of the beginning of this movie. And Pete also there. Which means Goofy (laughs) subconsciously understands that Pete is a bad influence. Oh, sure. Definitely. It, It doesn't make sense from what the plot has set up for Goofy to be the one to... Like, if anyone's gonna... If anyone's supposed to have a breakdown... It's Max. Because he just lost that, that, uh, he lost, competition. yeah, he lost the competition. He, uh, because he came in second to his dad. Dad. Who is GG Goof. Yeah. <laughs> he had this entire plan, right, for what his college career was going to be. And now, for the rest of his life, he's going to be known, or at least his college life, he's going to be known as Goofy's son. Again. And he does have a breakdown, but we don't get to see it. We just get to see him get picked back up again. So let's talk about this fucking weird-ass trip-ass scene, because it every time I see it, it I don't understand why it's there. All right, let's talk about this weird-ass trip-ass scene. You're gonna have to lead. It's been a little while, and it was weird. So Goofy starts first hallucinating that everything around him is his son, Max, I think. Something right. along those lines. Typical. But then this super groovy hippie goof appears out of his pencil eraser and starts guiding him on this like journey of what a good father he is and then he's sitting across a picnic table from max as a kid but then it turns into adult max but super buff like the hulk (laughs) and he destroys the picnic table and throws goofy into a white abyss (laughs) And Goofy looks up, and at the very top of the abyss, almost so far away that he can't see them, is Max and Groovy Goofy. And Groovy (laughs) Goofy is, like, waving at him with his fingers, like, this is how you die, motherfucker. (laughs) And Max says, you need to get your own life, and slams the door, and Goofy's trapped in in this white abyss, alone and forever alone. And then he's woken up by the professor telling him that the test is over. What the f- First of all, the weirdest part of everything is this groovy goofy, right? <laughs> groovy goofy. What uh, is this? Why did this scene happen? I just, I can't get over. Supposedly he just had the best night of his life. It's like a not two days ago. That's like, come on, man. Why Why is he having a breakdown now? See, this is and so... why is his breakdown? You don't think Buff Max is weirder? 
you know, here the I Buff Max is weird, but at least that has a a place, a parallel. Yeah, sort of. Groovy Goofy just kind of literally appears out of his pencil, man. Like what? I've seen falling down. What happens after this scene is Goofy snaps and commits murder. Who's he murder? Ah, who? Probably Pete, honestly. <laughs> okay, man. For some reason, he wasn't on my list, but that's one hundred percent who to go for. Right, because he's all, he he went all the way back home. He had the shovel in the back seat that's right, already. He went back home. Why else would, would he, he do that? that? But then, oh, Pete got real lucky. It's a good thing he remembered that metaphor with the <laughs> with horseshoe. The or Pete would have been murdered. Pete would have been six feet in the ground, and people wouldn't have found his body for months. Did I ever tell you the best way to get rid of a body? Why would you ever tell me that? Why is this information you know? I think it was from a Squirrel Girl comic. Uh, it was in the bottom, where Ryan North was talking about the best way to get rid of a body, and he said for some reason all of his friends already knew this, <laughs> and he was really concerned about it. Oh, man. Best way to get rid of a body is apparently to go to the graveyard where there's a newly dug grave, dig it a couple feet lower, drop the body in, and then dump some dirt on top. And then put the grave back. And then, like, tomorrow or something, they'll put in the body that's supposed to be there, and nobody will ever know. I feel like Ryan North doesn't have everything to worry about, because he, he too damn tall for this plan to work. <laughs> that's right, they have to get, they have to wait till somebody really, really tall, tall dies. dies. So that's the thing. I feel like Ryan North has a has a lucky break that all of his friends have this foolproof plan, but it doesn't quite work on him. That could only kill everyone else. Yeah, I think he's safe for now. I think he just needs to keep an eye out when the newspapers are like, strangely tall man dies. He's like, oh no. NBA superstar bites it. <laughs> he's like, oh shit, if anyone's going to do it, now's the time. Time for me to go on another weird extended vacation with my dog. <laughs> it was Scotland last time. Maybe this time I'll go farther. Yep. <laughs> uh, Goofy fails his test. Again, I don't really know what test it is. Yeah, it's unclear. And I thought it was a midterm. Didn't they say it was a midterm? But then he has his midterm later. Maybe they have like multiple weeks of midterms? I don't know, man. It doesn't make any sense. He fails one of his tests. But then in his grief, he goes back home and forgets that he was supposed to have dinner with Miss Marple, who is waiting for him at her house and is distraught. Yeah, she's like baked him a cake or baked him dinner. She put up a banner. She has a banner. That looks it's suspiciously like the one Goofy hung up at the beginning of the movie. Suspiciously? Yeah, because I thought the one at the beginning of the movie was homemade, but I guess not. <laughs> um, oh. <laughs> so Goofy goes back home. And has a conversation with Pete. Pete, in an effort to cheer Goofy up, tells Goofy that getting a college degree is worthless and pointless and starts throwing horseshoes at the stake, missing completely. Goofy has a eureka moment and he realizes that his problem is that he hasn't been focusing on the things that are important to him. Like his new girlfriend. He lost his focus on his super hot girlfriend and his son. Instead, he was focusing on stuff that didn't matter, like the one thing he was doing that wasn't those things. I guess. Which was literally one time getting on a skateboard. Yeah, it's it's kind of weird, though, because the thing is, is he wasn't actually focused on that. He was still very much focused on the other two things. Well, but he lost focus by participating. Here's the thing. When he really lost focus, when he had a goddamn mental breakdown for, for no, no reason, reason, 
He goes back and apologizes to uh, to Miss Marple. She forgives him and helps him study for his next big of a really test. I know, right? She doesn't need to. He went home. Like, the fact that he didn't say goodbye, the fact that he just ghosted her is crazy. Oh, yeah, that's so fucked up. You don't do that shit. There are times when you can do that. Like, let's say uh, you're dating somebody who, it turns out, is violent. Or you're dating somebody who cheated on you, and you're not, you you don't want to have a fight, you just want to leave? Sure. Go ahead. They haven't earned. They haven't earned the respect that a com- that that has that conversation. Okay, I understand but that, but I this, feel like those are this too good person that he left behind for no fucking reason. <laughs> uh, she forgives Ugh. him, which is very high and mighty of her. Um, but how could she say no to those eyes? No, oh, this look like everybody else's eyes. It's a cartoon. <laughs> And she helps him study uh, for his next round of tests. And we get a montage of Gooby doing exercises with books. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fine. I, I I get why it's there, but also I don't understand why it's there. It's like Rocky but was studying. You get it. It's literally that, yeah. And he uh, he passes his midterms. Yay. I actually don't think he does the stairs thing. He does do the stairs is... things on his, on his way to the test, remember? Does he? Okay. On his way up the stairs to the test, he's doing the punching thing. I don't think he does the thing where he stands at the top. But he does punch his way up the stairs. It's definitely a reference. It's just not the reference that everyone makes. Yeah, so then I think he just has his midterms and passes them. And then we're on to the next thing. Yeah, which is uh, he has decided to quit the quit the fraternity. And the fraternity is like, yeah, we quit you. Well, they they get like really up in his face about it. And he's and this has been in the movie that I really liked. We're like, they're all up in his face. And he's like, man, I'm an adult, man. <laughs> And that was like it, <laughs> right? And that's the thing, right? Like, I feel like anyone else because they're situation... like, nobody quits us. And he's like, I'm well, a... I am. <laughs> I, I'm in my fifties, man. I I can quit whatever the fuck I want, and still get and still get early breakfast tomorrow morning for half off. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I'm so spooked about these rich college kids. What are you gonna do? Get me fired? Oh, I already got fired. I got nothing to lose, motherfuckers. And everything to gain with your deaths. What? What? Ignore that part. It's also one of those things that, like, just let him leave. What part? Why do you need him? I guess because they want to humiliate Max. Yeah, I guess he adds, like, an extra layer of humiliation. But, like, he quits, and, like, the thing that they should have done has been like, oh, okay. I mean, we had a 50-year-old man on the team, which, in retrospect, was weird. Of us. Hanging out. Yeah, of us. Uh, and a little bit of you, frankly, and the fact that you saw it first. Wait, okay, so this movie was made in 2000, so this doesn't count. If this movie were made today, though, Tony Hawk is 52, and I would still totally hang out with Tony Hawk. Goofy did fantastic on the skateboard. Exactly, is what I'm saying. But, like, if to- if you're hanging out with Tony Hawk, and you're like, you gotta be on our team, and he was on your team, and he's like, you know, I gotta quit, then I, I also think you'd kind of be like... Well, okay. Yeah, I you're, guess. you're Tony Hawk. You can do whatever you want, man. Like you're a grown man, and I'm a child. That's the thing, right? Oh, I would these never. People, like, how old could these kids be? Like twenty, twenty one? Yeah, at most, maybe twenty three. In, in which case, they are huge fucking losers, man. <laughs> like to be that old and care about the X Games. Like, get your degree. What are you doing? <laughs> Graduate and become an adult. Freaking children. What losers? Well, these are the rich kids. They never really have to earn their degree. That's true, but they could at least buy Boom, their way topical. out. Boom! Topical! 
Uh, oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. I forgot about that. <laughs> well, they could have at least bought their degree a while ago then. By the way, when that news dropped, I felt like such a cynical bastard. Because I was like, yeah. Like, yeah, though, right? Oh, like, yeah, no, I totally, wa- I totally wasn't surprised either. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. Cheating on what? standardized testing? Yeah, of course they would do that. Harvard accepted money to have yeah, rich, rich kids, kids in the school? I can't believe it. It's a- I love how it was such a big scandal. How how all of the Look, news... You know what? Honestly, I love how it's such a big scandal. I love how it's such a big deal and people are taking it seriously. But honest to God, I just thought everybody knew it was happening. But that's the thing, right? Is I feel like the only people who are surprised are other rich people. Everyone else is like, yeah, we've, we've been new. Like, Yeah, everybody's got to deal with fucking rich kids who just buy their way into the school. But I love that... Because other rich people are so scandalized by it that in their head, they're just thinking, you mean I could have bought my child's success this whole time for real? Like, they're probably just mad that they didn't get in on it first. But maybe that's just the cynic in me. (laughs) Right? Because, yeah, I also was kind of like, yeah, uh, duh. Yeah, duh, obviously. That's why this movie exists. (laughs) Because, of course, the rich kids, like, already have everything. That's how it works. And they can focus on beating the X Games unfairly. And Goofy finds out they're cheating before he leaves. Yeah, so Goofy finds out they're cheating before he leaves and goes to warn Max. And it's the day of the X Games. Max is still mad at Goofy. At the Oh, sorry. We do need to go back a little bit because we briefly touched about it, touched on it, but we didn't talk about it. So Max is okay. super down in the dumps about being up to by his dad. That He goes and buys a coffee wearing a leather jacket and is like, I'm skipping town, you guys. I can't do this anymore. I need to go find my own way, get on the open road, and find out who I really am. This college ain't big enough for two goofs. Uh, which I think is a line that he actually says. I think that is a line that he says. He definitely doesn't say open road, though, because that was the song in the last one. <laughs> Damn it. Yeah, that's right. Uh, and all of his friends are like, what are you talking about, man? And they, they psych him up. Uh, jazz woman psychs him up. Yeah, jazz poet woman. And the thing is, that's the thing. I really wish she had a name because she does have a not terrible scene here. It wouldn't have been hard to make her a character for real. All they had to do was just give her a name. and Just give her char- a fucking name. And have the character say it. Like, yeah, name is right. Thank you, Jacqueline. That's it. Oh, that would have been a good name, too. She looks like That's all anybody needed. It would have been so easy. I do want to do a quick aside here. It it would have been hilarious if somehow her character was Roxanne and Roxanne goes to college with Max and is still like preppy, but then somehow in the middle of the movie she becomes jazz poet. And the movie doesn't talk about it, doesn't mention <laughs> it. She just is now. What if she was in the movie about as much as a jazz poet? You know, you see her at the beginning, and she sort of disappears for a little bit, and then when she comes back, that'd be great. Yeah, that'd be fun. then it's like, oh, she had her own movie. It's fucking weird that Roxanne's on this movie. And she, again, not even mentioned. The more we go on into the movie, the more it's like, why, why isn't this character that was such a, a big, big deal... deal in this movie, literally at all. You would think if you were, if you sat down at a meeting and somebody said, we need to make a sequel to a Goofy movie, the first thing you're putting up on that board is like, what is Roxanne's role in this movie? Because she was such a big character in the last one. Are we going to bring Powerline back? N- no, no. I mean, no, obviously no. not. But 
you know, those are the two big ones. Because obviously Pete and PJ have to come back. Like, fucking, again, Robbie made the cut. That's so weird. It's so weird that they have Robbie and not Roxanne. Because Robbie has less lines in the last movie than Roxanne. Yeah, I think he's just in the beginning, and he has about four lines. No, no, he has one line at the end when they're watching the concert where he goes, That's Max! I know him! So he has five lines. It's weird. It's just weird. It's very odd. It's too bad that this movie drops so many balls. Because there are many parts of the movie that are quite good and funny and really redeemable. But then it's like the shit that's supposed to be bad isn't that bad. And then it's like the big thing is this... X Games The X Games that we're about to get into. And like... Who cares? Again, honestly, who? I, I have a hard time imagining anybody caring in 2000, honestly, because at that point, I think the X Games has already been around for a couple of years. Just the, the the idea, I understand the pitch, right? It's like Max goes to college, but then Goofy has to go to college, and of course he goes to the same one. Yeah, I get it. That's a decent pitch. That's still a pretty good pitch if we were going to make that movie today. But the, the fact that they gave him a romance, and the romance was pretty good. They didn't have Pete, and I think they could have more Pete. Yeah, Pete, maybe Pete also could have gone back to college. Or he could have just had a job as a professor in the just, business course. Oh, what if... What? <laughs> okay, so in the beginning, Goofy gets fired from his toy-making job instead of his other job that he canonically had. What if in the beginning, that Sears close, right? They both lose their jobs. Goofy ends up, uh, Go- Goofy ends up going back to college, and Pete ends up as like a, a gym teacher or something. Oh my god! Yeah, Pete's a gym teacher. Oh yeah, because gym teachers can be sort of Assholes. casually cruel. Yeah, they can they can be casually abusive. And then PJ and Max could have a conversation about how their fucking dads are at the school. Man, they would not take too much to clean this movie up, honestly. Where the last movie needed maybe a couple more minutes. This movie, I think, does need a, a go. You need to go back to the pitch, right? You need to just clear out the X Games stuff. I don't. It doesn't need to be there. I get why they did it because skateboarding was again at its heyday. But just get rid of it, man. It doesn't add anything to the story. The bit between the ESPN commentator and and the other oh, one. Oh, he keeps cutting away from the yeah the, the other the one on the ground. That is yeah. funny. Uh, but again, we don't need it. As funny as it is, it doesn't add anything to the movie. What if the plot was Goofy starts this new romance, and also Max finds out that Roxanne, who maybe they broke up during high school, is going to this college? Oh, man. There's a lot that this movie could have done with the premise, Goofy goes to the same college as Max. College Max. Is it such a, that's such a fresh, good premise. And then this movie decided to focus on skateboarding for some reason. What really, what really bothers me is this is, I can't bring myself to say this is like a genuinely bad movie because it has good stuff in it. I genuinely enjoyed watching it. That's the thing is as I enjoyed watching, I liked watching this stupid X Games. Yeah, the X Games. That was dumb. It was dumb, but it was fun. I liked it. There was like dumb bits about all of the ridiculous ways the 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 fraternity was cheating. Those were funny. Goofy with the teddy bear is probably the most emotional scene out of either of the movies. Definitely, Uh, it it lasts like two seconds, but it hits hard and it gets across the point very clearly. This movie has higher highs than the first one, but it also has lower lows. 
That's got lower lows. And it's also and it's also just not as focused. I like the premise. I like evil fraternities. I think that's always going to be a fun good like a fun thing to add to your college movies. But fuck man, all this skateboarding shit. I also like the conclusion, which we will get to soon. Yeah, so it's it's the X Games. Goofy tries to tell Max about the cheating and Max is not hearing it cuz he's still pissed. He doesn't want to talk to his dad. It was kind of weird to me that the other two didn't pick up any of that cuz like they're not mad at Goofy. <laughs> Yeah, right? You would think Goofy would at least be like, hey, keep an eye on Max. I think the other guys are going to try to sabotage him. And so Goofy goes to the stands, and I guess I guess uh, the Moo Moos and Max have been neck and neck this whole time. Because they're at the final event, which is a triathlon, which is going to be it's a tri- triathlon with roller skates, skateboard, and bike. Which is fine, I guess. I don't know if there's a triathlon like that, but it makes sense for the movie. Robbie gets murdered. <laughs> he literally dies. We never see him again. There are a couple times, and we're going to come to another bit by the end of this movie, where it seems like somebody has literally died. There, There is a point in this movie where somebody almost does literally die, and I was like, whoa, this movie went from zero to 60 a little too fast. Yeah, we're coming up on that bit, too. So, Robbie gets, uh, they, like, mess with his skates, and he, he flies? No, 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 wait, this is PJ, not Robbie. Uh, okay Uh, yeah no it's pj and i do have to point out that's also fucking crazy they could have gotten rid of robbie right here but no they got rid of pj why wait does robbie start off on this race yeah robbie makes it to the robbie makes it to the bikes jeez okay yeah they so they attach rockets to uh to pj skates and literally like launch him into the moon yeah pj dies um but he comes back like superman he dies for three days and, and then and you're not gonna believe what happens. You're not gonna believe it. Um, <laughs> there are people I could get in trouble with for that one. Max realizes they can't compete if they don't have three people, so he calls his dad. Goofy hears the call and starts charging for the. Uh, he starts running towards his son and fails his way uphill, like you said. Yep. Literally, though. By the way, I do like the the line that the referee has here, uh, where he's like, "Ah, wait, wait." Still got, though my watch says they still got five seconds left. So Goofy gets there like just in the nick of time and the Mm. upper crust is like, come on, they ran out of time. The ref's like, not by my watch. I really like that line. This is a good way of like writing a joke, right? Set up, climax, punchline. Sure, but like here's, here's the thing that struck me there. In what universe does rich asshole guy win that argument? There, if this event is being televised... On two ESPN stations. All right. What are the chances they're going to say, God. yeah, you know what? Let's not do the final event. You're right. right. You're right. Let's not give the people what they want. Let's just end this here. By forfeit. Yeah, no, that's crazy. Yeah, sorry. That doesn't sell. That doesn't, that doesn't sell. make any goddamn sense. God. Now, here's the thing, right? Imagine... I'm not the kind of guy who pays money to watch ESPN, but imagine if you did, right? And one day on both ESPN 1 and 2 is the same shitty skating X Games competition localized at a single college. Can't believe I paid this much money to watch this, but I guess this is what I'm doing today. And then at the very end, 
a team wins by forfeit. And then what happens? Then they have to cut away to talking about it for half an hour before the next thing comes out. Yeah, like I paid fucking like, I don't know how much ESPN costs, but a lot of money. Yeah. Horse shit. No, thank you. We got to make up this time. So Goofy's on the team. They're off. And they're off to the races. And I have literally never seen less subtle cheating, but I guess it's sort of the point there's a lot of rockets involved in the way the Moomoo's cheat. I, I feel like they are definitely chemical engineers. You know what? They're, they're not bad scientists, yeah, I guess. they're not bad scientists. They're just kind of bad people. But by the end of the race, it's just Max and Tank are making their way towards the finish line. Right. Goofy has fallen behind. And Upper Crust has. And kind of taken out Upper yeah, Crust with Upper him. Crust has wiped. Upper Crust goes to sabotage Max. He goes to sabotage both of them. Yeah. Because he says, if I can't win, nobody wins. Yeah, so he's basically just hanging them both out to dry at this point. Yeah. And he gets them into, like, a fiery crash. Gosh, what do they crash into? Because it's like a building type thing. Or, like, uh, something falls on them? Oh, it was the giant X Games, like, yes. X. Yeah. So, like, the giant X Games X. So they're, like, trapped in a fire. And this scene is, like, pretty raw. Like... Goofy has The rest to... of the movie has not built it up to, for this to happen. Yeah, it, it seriously is just like an intense action movie sequence. We remember when the fire happened in like Lion King or Bambi or or even like Bolt. Or the Balto. Oh, you mean Bolt. Bolt. No, I meant Bolt. Bolt. The, the, the one with the small dog. Can you say it one more time? Bolt? Yeah, Bolt. B-O-L-T. I guess yes. I did say it kind of Bolt. Yeah, you, you really Bolt. put it, you put a lot of A into it, which is why I was confused. I was like, you mean Balto? Was there a fire in Balto? I don't think so. No. No, no, there wasn't. God, you really think there would be though, huh? Maybe there's one in the third one. We'll never oh, know. The plane crashes, come on. We'll never know. We'll never know, Tony. I, I actually recently made a list of movies I want to watch for this show, and that was not on it. Oh, thank God. <laughs> I do think he would kill us. Max is Ma- Max is caught between a, what he wants and being a good person because Tank is trapped and he's calling out for help. Oh, also, Tank is the big buff right-hand man and he's actually voiced by Brad Garrett. We haven't really talked about Tank because this is the only moment where he gets to be a real character. Yeah. He's just Upper Crustington's bodyguard, basically. So Max saves this guy from the fire. I forget what, I forget who actually finishes. Max, Max wins. Max, Max finishes, okay. That's what I thought. But Bradley is so mad that his friend survived the fiery crash that he started. And I was looking at this guy, I'm like, this is a murderer now. Yeah, this, this is, man, this is this man has will shown kill. that he is willing to commit murder. And then my next note was, oh my god, he's gonna try to kill again. <laughs> and then, and then what happened was, what the hell is the big guy's name? Tank. Tank. He like punches the dude into the sun. Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, I guess he won't try to kill again yeah. because he is dead he now. He is dead now. He has joined PJ up in the sky. Uh, but unlike PJ, he won't be coming back after the third day. Cool. We're sticking on that one, huh? Co, 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 co. <laughs> I'm just hey, I'm just uh I'm just doing the callback, right? I'm not the one who set it up. So if we offend enough people, I, hey, Tony, we'll get popular. Hey Tony, I wash yeah. my hands of it. So okay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh damn it. Okay, so <laughs> Oh, that is true, I gotta get off. Oh that is too much. Man, that's real good. So Holy crap. We kind of, at this point, crossfade to graduation. 
kind of as a as an apology for being a shitty son for no reason max gives his dad the the grand prize trophy and on it is a callback to the first movie the line that goofy said which is no matter how much you grow up you'll always be my boy which i thought was cute uh i thought it was a real good uh callback to the first movie i think if you were gonna do it that would be the way to do it and again the graduation scene is also pretty good. Like, there are bits in this movie, not even bits, there are scenes in this movie that work and scenes that don't. It's, it's got, like, half a good movie here, at least. The, the thing is, I think, and I think that's the thing about this movie that keeps kind of coming back to me, is the parts of this movie that I like, I really like, and the parts of this movie that I don't like, I don't hate. Yeah, it's like the parts of the movie that I don't like are, again, the X game stuff, which just feels like a weird product of its time. Or the fact that this jazz poetry coffee house exists... Which I feel like I would have liked better if they'd almost if they just leaned into it. If they had leaned into it super hard. What if the whole movie was just Max becoming a weird hippie poet? Well, well, what if like whenever something happened, they ended up meeting at this This coffee coffee house? house? It was fucking friends. Oh, I see. I I will say I would. That's a coffee house I would go buy coffee at. I wouldn't stay there for longer than ten minutes. But yeah, it seems like it would get <sighs> a little much. It'd be a little much at times. The atmosphere might get a bit stuffy. It might be yeah. a bit yeah, a little. Uh... You can only take so much snapping. I I was never a fan of West Side Story, so yeah, I'd probably not. Like I said, I'd buy coffee there, but I wouldn't stick around. Goofy drives off with his girlfriend. Also, fuck bongos. What a terrible instrument. Hashtag fuckball. <laughs> if we get hate for this this episode, it's gonna be about Is the Is it gonna be about the bongos? The oh, I probably, yeah. It's such a vague hate, I guess. You know what? Sure. So Goofy and his girlfriend drive off, which is a decent end to the movie. I feel like a, a bit more of a cat could have been put on the Max thing. But also... It's clearly not the end of Max's story, at least on his college story. Yeah, because it's the first year of his so, college career. Like, Yeah, so maybe it makes sense that his bit doesn't seem to end like Goofy's does. I, I don't think there were pl- ever plans to make a third movie, but... I mean, I, I don't think it's too terrible that it, it doesn't feel like Max's story had a good ending. Because, like, whatever, man. Yeah, but all, He just yeah. started college. Yeah, and it's definitely as weird as it is. It also kind of makes sense because Max kind of does get shafted for the whole movie. Like, he's not really the main character. He... This this movie is a lot more about Goofy than the other one was. The other one, I feel like, maybe it was a little bit more about Max than it was about Goofy, but it was about their relationship. And this one, because Goofy had so much other shit going on, was not... I think that's our verdict, right? Like, these are both, uh, I think these are both good movies. I think they're both definitely earned the reputation that they've gotten over the years. Yeah, I would watch either of these movies again. Definitely. And probably enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I'd I, have a good time uh, with either of them. Uh, and yes, I would join in the, I imagine, millions of people in being confused about the fact that Roxanne is not in the second movie. Yeah, right? I'm 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 all about it uh as well. Thank you for listening to Direct Video. VHS? VHS? Huh? I've been your host, Tony Robusto. I've been your host, Andy Reyes. And you can find me on Twitter at TheaterBats, and you can find the comic that I do at inspiredbytrueevents.org. And you can find me on Twitter at royalty underscore valens. That's it. That's all I do right now. <laughs> <laughs> boring yeah you know you can find other stuff with our podcast on a website i should probably update slightly more often called direct2.video mm-hmm. 
all things direct to video on that website. And here's something important that I that I just learned. If you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, why are there only ten episodes? You need to subscribe. <laughs> because iTunes only shows the last ten unless you've subscribed. And this goes to show how little I've used iTunes Podcatcher, but uh that's ridiculous. That's kind of messed up. I, th- I think it's just with smaller podcasts. Oh, okay, that um, makes sense. But yeah. we're but we qualify. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Definitely. All right. Yeah. 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 We'll start putting that out there. We haven't said this in a while, but uh, we might as well start saying it again because it doesn't hurt. Definitely start giving us five star reviews. And yeah, uh, do it. Feel free to contact us at our email, which is mail at direct2.video. Yeah. Uh, t- give us recommendations for movies. Give us complaints. I say us. You're giving them to Tony, and I guess Tony gets to decide what he thinks is worthy of I mean, my attention. If you're sending something about how much you love Andy, but you don't want me to see it, just don't send it. Yeah, just send it to me on Twitter. Okay, let me say this. If you want to let me know how much you hate me, send that to me on Twitter. Or how much you think my opinion is dumb, send that to me on Twitter. I will definitely see it there. I will not see it if it's in an email. Or at least it won't stick with me as long. I think we've hammered down the email thing. <laughs> the hell else do we do thanks to lee rose that's it that's all we need to do uh thank him for, for planet e off the album trappist one that's it so what are we gonna watch next time Andy? next week we are watching dinosaurs and the good dinosaur a podcast episode 50 million years in the making <laughs> Uh, hand stop recording. I'm the ghost of John Oh, man, God. fuck you. No, man, I'm done. <laughs> I'm internet dead. also known as Spider Baby and Baby Head, is the leader of the Mutant Toys in Sid's room. They're called the okay. Mutant Toys? Wait a minute, I just realized something. Why the fuck don't we have a movie about the Mutant Toys in Sid's room? Why don't we? They're so cool. God damn it, Pixar, this is some fucking free shit. Personality, creepy but friendly and helpful. <laughs> oh. oh, that's great. Appearance, big doll head attached to spider-like legs and two claws. Blind in the right eye. Alignment uh, good. Goal to defeat Sid and stop his torture of the other toys. Hey, guys, baby face is awesome. awesome.